0: Everyone, welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast. With us, your hosts Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. Well, it's not quite what we're doing this time, but we'll set that up in a minute. Uh, so, just a quick reminder: this is not a spoiler-free podcast. Say it with me, folks: it's not a spoiler-free podcast. We're probably, I don't know, this is probably going to be a little bit more about looking back than looking forward, but who knows where we're going to end up in this particular one. So just be warned. I am Melissa, and I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today?
1: I am good today. I've got some coffee. I'm going to be drinking it, so I will be more awake as we go. I do have one question, though. Uh Uh-huh. Is this a spoiler-free podcast?
0: I'm glad you asked that because I almost never get to say anything about that. And yeah. no, not a spoiler-free podcast.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks. I, I just wasn't sure.
0: Okay. Whew. And just in case anybody missed that, not spoiler-free. <laughs> um, you know, sugar-free gum, that's sugar-free, but this not spoiler-free.
1: But is it sugar-free?
0: Probably not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have sugar in my coffee <laughs> yeah
0: okay well what are we doing today folks you might ask well if you've heard the last couple of episodes we were setting up that we planned to do a season recap for season one and that's what we're doing today that's that's what's going on. Now, we didn't want to do just a straight play-by-play, like talking through everything that we've already talked through, so we issued some challenges to each other, and I thought it might be fun to set us up here, to set all of us up, and let you know what Fish and I originally intended for this program to be, and it'll be really fun to see how far off we go from there. So the, uh, the plan for today is we came up with a list of five questions. We came up with a list together of five questions that we wanna tackle at the end of every season, just to see how things have changed for us. So we're gonna go through those five questions. I think I'll save those for when we're actually going through them. Um, And then we came up with a plan to do superlatives. I'm gonna, of course, because we're your optimist and cynic, I'm going to do five best, And fish is going to do five worst. And we gave ourselves a lot of room for what that meant. But five best and five worst. Then we'll talk about average ratings for the whole season, because we've been rating along the way for each episode, so it would be fun to see the averages. And then we've got a ton of audience feedback that we wanted to bring in from various comments we've gotten throughout the season, some that came in just a little bit too late for us to mention them organically in conversation, but this is a great home for them in this particular podcast. And then Fish is going to give us our predictions for what's coming up in season Two And at the very end, if you stick with us, we've got a little challenge for you. And we'll let you know what's coming up. So that is the plan. Now, here's the fun part. Uh, We already have discussed that we've gone wildly over the numbers. We're we're throwing in subcategories, honorable mentions, uh, you know, five superlatives and five worst things. That's not going to happen. It's going to be way more than that, probably. So we're just going to see how many rules we broke as we go through this. Does that sound like a plan to you, Fish?
1: I mean, rules are just meant to be broken. It's the only reason they're created, so. That's the only reason at all, yeah.
0: I mean, why don't, Fish, this is an idea that we had sort of together. We wanted to recap this season. So what excites you about this prospect?
1: I mean, I'm gonna be really interested just to hear your overall take, because I was surprised by some of the things that I ended up thinking, you know, along the way and how it changed. And then even at like looking at the entire season. So yeah, I'm gonna be really interested, especially since you know, you know this show so well. Uh-huh. And a lot of it for me is just gonna be, you know, here's what happened to me basically the first time, you know, with the few things that I remembered. Uh-huh. And how I changed, but it seems like you have also had some changes given that we've done this deep dive. Yeah. And so I'm going to be really interested to hear about that.
0: Okay. Well, if for some reason I don't answer some of those questions, we'll just add it to the list. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) I feel, yeah, I feel like it's, it's been an interesting ride because there were predictions that I think if we were to go back to our early podcasts from this season and look for the things we were expecting to happen or how we were expecting to feel some of that panned out but some of it didn't and i know there were at least a couple things in particular that really surprised both of us so we'll just oh. see what comes out of this one as we go shall we dive in
1: sure um why don't i ask the first question and then we'll both answer it and then you can go with the second and we'll Just go down the list.
0: That sounds like a good plan to me. What was the first of our five questions?
1: Um, Right. So we want to take our temperature on this uh, at the end of every season. And it's the big question, right? It's Ben versus Noel. Uh So, Melissa, and this could be interpreted in, in different ways, but just let us know how you interpreted Ben or Noel and which you picked and why.
0: Hmm. I'm a Ben. I am a Ben, and I will say though, and this is one of the things that I think was surprising along the way. I, and I believe we've mentioned this a couple times as we've gone along, but I truly thought that I was making bad choices when I chose Ben. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought that the way that they were doing this show, that they were trying to set up, Ben is the bad boy and Noel is the good guy. And I think there are moments, you know, especially as we got to the end of this season, where you see bad habits from Ben and you see him getting into his gambling addiction and you see him getting snippy with Julie and he gets angry and he has these moments that are really tied to these stressful situations for him. But when I looked at Noel specifically, he had a lot of stuff that didn't come off well to me in terms of his lines, like the, some of the things he said to Felicity all throughout the season. And you had harsher reactions to some of his things that I was fine with because I was willing to take it as a joke. But there were still some things that he said that I didn't think were unjust at all that felt a little controlling and they felt sometimes a little manipulative and through a 2022 lens which is when we've been podcasting about this and through the lens of somebody who has been in a relationship or two in her life that doesn't that seemed like it was okay but when you actually look back at some of the language that was used Kind of comes off like this to me, and so I think it's making me take a harsher look at it. So it's not so much that I switched position, but I think it—it it surprised it more surprised me about Noel than about Ben. What I saw this season, so I feel pretty comfortable to stay with Ben as my answer on this.
1: Nice. Yeah, and look, had we not had the past. I don't know, three, maybe three episodes, three or four, but probably just three,
2: uh-huh.
1: I would have been right there with you. Uh-huh. Um, I think Ben throughout the season was portrayed as the better guy uh-huh. uh, up until those last few few episodes. Um, he dealt well with people and situations, you know, even his own, the like trauma helped other people get through theirs. Mm-hmm. And he had so many, you know, just nice moments. Um, But I am actually going to go with Noel on this ah. one. Because it completely changed in those last episodes. Mm-hmm. There are just certain lines for me. And uh, violence is one of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And addiction is, is another one mm-hmm. <laughs> that is, it's just very hard to deal with. Um, and look, life is not easy, right? I mean, Ben is going to get stressed again. Mm-hmm. And if this is how he reacts to stress, uh, I'm not feeling comfortable or safe around that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not really loving Noel either, (laughs) but um, if, you know, if I have to pick between the two of them, you know, I'll take a snippy comment or someone that I think is, you know, a bit entitled over someone who is, who's going to react with like anger and violence to something. So... Mm -hmm. You know, we'll see what happens next season. But for mm-hmm. me, as of like this last episode, I would say Noel. That does not mean that I think Felicity should go to Berlin. I think she should choose Noel and then not go with either of them. Aha. So that's, that's my thing. She should make it very clear to Noel, I'm choosing you. I'm not going to Berlin Let's chill and talk over the summer. I'm not going with Ben. I'm, I'm just going to get a flight home. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm choosing you. Yeah. And see where that goes.
0: Well, we know that's not going to happen because of how they closed yes. out season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but
1: not a prediction.
0: to be fair, I mean, chilling at home an extra two weeks with her parents might not be the, the outcome that she wants either. <laughs> so she might want to come up with an option yeah. C. Um, or d or D. yeah, yeah,
1: but if okay, you stay at school and get a job.
0: Okay, so we've got a Ben and ano here, and I think that's that means we haven't excluded any of our community, which is great, not <laughs> not intentional from us. And I think that if you were listening to us all along the way, you would see that this was uh, real um Noel came in strong towards the end for fish because you were surprised by him for so much at the beginning of the season
1: it wasn't so much that Noel came in strong as Ben jumped off a cliff yeah like yeah he just had himself a big old meltdown
0: yeah he did have a big meltdown okay but let's get off of the meltdown topic and instead talk about achievements um There's a question that I was given to tackle, which is what was the major achievement that Felicity had? Now you asked for one major achievement. I'm giving you two.
1: I mean, you know, rules broken.
0: Because we don't care about the rules. We set them and we're (laughs) breaking them. And that's, it's our podcast. It's fine.
2: Um,
0: (laughs) And I think for me, these two are equal. So there's not an honorable mention here. One is Felicity stays in New York. Oh, okay. And in fact, I'm going to say both of them here. One is that Felicity stays in New York and the other is that Felicity starts socializing with people her own age. (laughs) And this may seem like maybe you were looking for something a little more granular here, but I think. She's not in a granular space. The Felicity that we see at the very start of this season is a bit of a basket case and unequipped to deal with the world outside Palo Alto. And now by the end of season one, regardless of what sticky situations she's put herself into, she's a really different person with a totally different skill set in life. (laughs) And she's, I feel like making decisions from a completely new place. And so I have to see that as an achievement because she just was not equipped to do this kind of, kind of stuff at the beginning of the season. So I want to look at each of these Felicity stays in New York. We dealt with that one squarely in the first episode. And then, you know, that first few episodes, we were sort of seeing how she was trying to get her footing in New York, but that first episode, she had a plan to be in Palo Alto for like the rest of her life. Uh, It wasn't really her plan. It was sort of her father's plan that she had reappropriated to be her own plan. And she was sort of living a life of sort of just just going through the, the motions of the plan that had been set out. And she wasn't feeling excited about it. She was sort of feeling nothing. If I remember she was feeling numb in her graduation episode. So to come back from that right away in episode one to have her see Ben have this interaction and for her to say I'm moving I'm just going I'm going to New York and it really disrupted her household then we see her show up in New York and her parents are ultra confused and they come out and they try to figure out what's going on and they're putting the pressure on they're putting particularly her dad is putting the pressure on her to go back to the original plan because this has nothing to do with the path that had been chosen for her and she ends up really staying steady with the choice that she made yeah she's got a rocky first episode in terms of the mental back and forth that she has but in the end she says look I I made this choice and I'm sticking with it And I think regardless of whether, you know, you could look now at everything that's happened in season one and you could say, oh, that was a good choice, or that was a bad choice, or maybe it would have worked out better if she stayed in Palo Alto, but it's her choice. It's hers to own. It's probably the first time she has her choice to own. So I think that's a major thing. And it sets us up for somebody who's going to be more independently minded and somebody who's going to be more of an independent decision maker for the rest of the series and how fun would it be for the rest of the series to follow a character who's just codependent on her parents like for the whole four years
1: yeah that would be i wouldn't want to watch that
0: and you know uh i was gonna bring this in the feedback section but I think it is worth actually looking at something Allison Atwater shared with us in her treatise about Ben Um, and this has to do with Felicity specifically but Allison said It may not be very feminist to say this, but I think Felicity was brave to follow Ben to New York. I've never subscribed to her rewrites of the impetus of that decision through the seasons. Uh, By the way, Fish, there will be some other information that comes to light. Um, Allison continues, I think she had an intuition about her destiny and she confidently followed it. There was something very pure and perceptive about that decision and I've always applauded it. Naturally, it's the kind of thing that we would warn a girl her age against but I'm actually in awe of her for receiving that message from the universe. then unexpectedly writing an endearing message tinged with promise to her in her yearbook when she thought he had never really noticed her and running with it. I've always thought that was beautiful. So, I mean, I think that has to do with the decision that she made, but I think for me, it's more the fact that she chose to stay. You know, she had an opportunity to leave after a minute there and she didn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, I look, I do believe that things happen for a reason, and we get, um, you know, I, I'm not big on coincidence and things like that. Now, do I think she should have followed a boy to college? No. <laughs> um, but do I think it was brave of her? to set out on a new path that was different for exactly the reasons you said, like she wasn't happy and she didn't have any joy at the prospect of what was going to happen. So she wanted, she knew she wanted something else and here was an excuse, an opportunity and it may not have been, you know, the reason that we all wanted or or maybe it was for some people Mm -hmm. but yeah I think it was brave absolutely brave of her to set out you know on her own new city doesn't know anyone going against her parents like losing financial support I mean that's that absolutely is bravery I mean I think of bravery not as the absence of fear right but of doing it anyway so I would guess that she probably was scared. She probably wasn't as scared as she should have been, <laughs> but um, but as you said, she, things started to hit home, and she was more scared. And she still stayed.
0: Yeah, she so doubled I down with yeah. a definite opportunity in front of her to backpedal. She doubled down instead. So I think that's an important achievement for her that leads to the growth we're going to see for the whole four seasons. And then the other one I think is equally important. Felicity starts socializing with people her own age. My assessment of her at the start of the season is that she doesn't really have friends she, you know, even in the interaction she has with Ben when he's about to sign her yearbook, she's feeling self-conscious about the fact that there aren't a lot of signatures in there. And maybe just the one from a teacher who she had to like, t- she's like, oh, uh, this, per- this teacher who I think happens to be here, by the way, which is weird. You know, she, it was like, this is the person who signed her yearbook. There's not a peer her age that, you know, had reserved space even so we don't know of any friends. We only know of the relationship we ha- she has with her parents and her French tutor and this teacher who signed her yearbook. And I imagine that she had people that were her age who were also volunteering for things like the blood drive and stuff like that. She had classmates in school, but she just seems like a real loner who was really walking this path by herself. And to go to college and to be automatically thrown into a situation where you've got almost nothing but people your age around you, and in fact, the, t- the relationships that she's had with teachers have been uncomfortable. You know, like that first that first interaction she had with um, Garabe, Doctor Garabe, who was just like, "Stop being a teacher's pet, leave me alone," and she's <laughs> like, "Oh no, this was my go-to." <laughs>
1: Who am I going to have lunch with?
0: No, it was like, what do I do now that I can't talk with teachers Um, in the same way? So she has to totally recalibrate. And I think that's important. That's what life is going to look like for her. She's going to have to deal with people her age. And she's figured out how to do that. You know, yeah, she's again, she's in a tight spot here at the end of season one. But that doesn't Mm -hmm. erase for me everything that she learned this year and the way she went, you know, from having been on a pedestal to having him be like on par with her or for really figuring out how to make, uh, make it work with Noel to get them back to an equal level or to have a good girlfriend in Julie or a really loyal friend in Elena. Um, even to, to break the, the, I don't know. I don't know if it's broken ice or if it's just a little bit thawed with Megan Um, but there's quite a lot of people in her world now that are her age. And I think that's going to be critical for her as she keeps moving through the series.
1: Yeah. And Megan didn't make it easy. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, at least my freshman roommate was, you know, really nice and we could talk and we could go out. Uh, she really had to, not even have someone in her dorm well in her room to talk to and that makes it harder i think um although i don't know if this happened to you freshman year we basically never hung out in our rooms we just sat on the floor outside in the hallway Mm. like our hallways were just always littered with people that's where we hung out
0: i think there were certain rooms that people would congregate in And that was kind of that, um, yeah, it it was particular people's rooms. Actually, I think, no, I think it just, there were certain people who had rooms that felt more like rooms you could hang out in. And so we would do that. And I think it also had to do with if both roommates were sort of part of the group or not. Um, like people didn't necessarily gravitate towards my room because, um, my roommate, Kay had a lot of, she was in the Thai scholars program and she had, she mostly kind of kept with her Thai friends freshman year. And so Mm -hmm. it took a little while for us to have conversations with each other. Kay was really cool, but um, I think, you know, it it, it was like, okay, well, if we, we don't know if she wants us in her space, maybe Melissa's fine with it. But so we would just gravitate towards other rooms. Shout out to Kay. yeah wherever you are whatever you're doing
1: (laughs) um like we had some rooms but we always if there was a room that we were in we always left the door open and generally yeah a lot of just hanging out in the hallway so like anyone who walked past could just sit down Mm -hmm. um it was just really not excluding anyone Well, I will
0: say that I, I don't think that even if we were hanging out in particular people's rooms, I felt it was pretty inclusive. Like if you heard people laughing, anybody could walk into that room and they were welcomed with open arms. I think, I hope that's how people felt. I felt that way for sure. Um, and that's what I actually loved about it because I was, uh, not used similar to Felicity. I kind of had very limited social interaction myself when I was in high school Um, outside of gymnastics practice. I almost never ever got to hang out with friends. So I living with people my age was just, it was like a brain explosion for me. I didn't even know what to do with it. So to have this experience where any time of day, if people were laughing or seemed like they were having fun, I could go out and join them and be part of that conversation was a real novelty for me. So it's something that I noticed and always hoped people felt welcomed into it. Yeah. It's uh, great. So um, we've talked about achievements. Now, because you're the cynic, we gave you the question, biggest felicity fail. So what came to your mind for that one, Fish?
1: So I am going to start with my runners up. Because ah. if I just start with the, the sort of one that I picked, I feel like other people are going to think of these runners up and say, why not these? So, um, so one runner up is rewriting Ben's paper. Oh, I mean, yeah, that could, I think many people might think, Ooh, why was that not the big fail? And it certainly was a big fail. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it derailed the direction of the relationship with Ben when he was actually normal. Talk
0: about a totally unnecessary, controversial decision. (laughs) You know, yeah. Way to cause drama where there was none.
1: Yep, Uh, yep, yep. Um, Yeah, that was unfortunate. And the next major fail was not making sure the apartment was empty before saying she wanted to go with Ben on the road trip. Hmm. Oops. Clearly, you know, that has put her relationship with Julie in all kinds of tumult. Um, So these are are two things that I think people might think of as major fails, which I agree they are. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think the, the real major fail of kind of the season for her was not standing up for herself not having more like positivity and joy uh after sleeping with eli Uh, she did have that one statement that she made to Noel, where she said something like well i don't know if i can trust you either but that wasn't about her first experience you know this is the first time she's ever slept with someone and there was so much negativity coming from the outside.
2: Uh And
1: I didn't feel like, you know, she, she had this wonderful moment and, and she didn't, she didn't have, I think the self-confidence to say, no, I had this wonderful moment and see it that way and project it that way because of everything that was going on with Noel. So I I applaud her friends for trying to help out with that um, as best they could or, you know, once they finally understood. But, yeah, the whole thing to me did not have the level of positivity around it that it should have.
0: Yeah, it's such a shame. And remembering our feedback about that. She, when she was talking to Julie about the actual experience with Eli, you and I were like, that sounds like the best possible experience she could have had for her first time, you know, just like clinically talking about the, the, the situation with Eli and not necessarily the aftermath that it caused, but Julie's like, ah, you know, it's too bad when you feel like you got used and then Felicity's like, no, that's not really what happened. And then she kind of sets us straight Still feeling guilty about it, but she's able to look at that and be like, no, this is what happened. And then she gets flowers from him and, you know, he's drawing pictures of her. He's into her. Um, And I would, I kind of wish an experience like that for everybody (laughs) for their first time. (laughs) So it's (laughs) such a shame that she can't remember it that way, or at least she can't remember it at any point that we hear about this season.
1: Yeah, and I just wonder, I mean, we know that Julia is gonna continue to have you know, issues with her rape because you've said so. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling that, that they're not gonna bring this up, you know, as Felicity has more sexual experiences, but I would think that this would really color how you view sex.
0: Uh, Eli is going to make one more appearance and he's going to get name checked later in this, uh, later in the series, probably season two.
1: But does it, does it affect how she then views, views her next sexual experience?
0: Um, I think that we are going to deal with how Felicity views sex in season two. And Uh. I guess it's funny because it's going to be positioned as like, she's got hangups, but I don't know if she really does. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's also comparative, like to the people that she is getting advice from. Oh. There are people who are far more comfortable in that arena and like, is their level normal or is her level normal or is it everybody's normal or is it somewhere in the middle? So I think what's positioned as like, she's got some stuff to work through. Um, I don't know if it's fair. It'll be interesting to talk about that when we get to season two. Nice. But we will well, deal with it pretty squarely in that season.
1: Yeah, that, that will definitely be interesting. Um, okay, so our next question uh-huh. for, for you to start with, what was your biggest shock or like reveal of the season?
0: So, because we're breaking rules, I've got three. Um, How many do you have?
1: Um, I have two. I have a runner-up, and then I have, like, one thing which led to, like, a series of, uh, like, three other things.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So, do you want me to mention all three of mine, or do you want to alternate?
1: No. I think just go for for yours, and then we'll go with mine. Okay, so
0: I don't know that I have these in a particular order necessarily. So for first one I'll mention, Todd Mulcahy getting hit by a bus. I mean, I think (laughs) if we're just strictly looking at like Uh, irrelevant plot points that are shocking,
1: Oh, it's not irrelevant. It was the best.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Todd gets massacred at the end of Todd Mulcahy Part 1. We are going to see him in Todd Mulcahy Part 2. I know you speculated. Is he going to come back at all? Is he going to yeah, be ghost?
1: I thought he was going to be dead yeah i am plus pretty hard
0: and I think that would have been interesting if we had seen <laughs> ghost Todd Mulcahy for the entire second episode uh, part of his for his episode um but just the like the going from he's being so assertive and well really aggressive I think you know like and and just very 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 forward with Felicity and yeah. pursuing her and basically stalking her the way many said Felicity was stalking Ben at the beginning of this season. Well, that's what we're going to get from Todd. And then all of a sudden, he's just really fully taken out of commission. Um, <laughs> and it's like, who saw that coming? You know, she's just in the middle of rebuffing him for like the 17th time in the episode. And he just slowly backs up into the street and blam. <laughs> oh <my
1: God. laughs> and it's funny every time yeah every time it's funny but I mean they did telegraph it a tiny bit with him backing up into the road I mean who does that
0: they gave us you know five seconds of him slowly backing up for us to be like "Ooh, what's uh,
1: going on I I did not expect a bus yeah like maybe a car but Uh not a bus
0: yeah they just gave us a full bus (laughs) yep so Just in terms of, this is probably the biggest actual just gasp shock moment. Now, my second one's very different. And here's what I wrote for this. Carol is Julie's mom. Julie's dad is her husband. And he doesn't know about Julie. And that little girl Julie saw is her sister. And she actually has two sisters. And I put, attributed all of that to episode 18. That's a lot to learn.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That no. is
0: too much to learn in an episode. I will say that. I don't care how long that happened over. That couldn't have happened over more than a few days. So I just feel. I mean, it's a different kind of shock from the Todd Mulcahy one, right? Because you didn't know the Todd Mulcahy bus hit was gonna come until it happened. With Carol you meet her. Julie takes the internship. She's spending time with her. She's having conversations. She's getting to know her. Carol plays guitar. It's all well and good. Carol Carol wants to share her sandwich. And then Julie drops the tape to Carol and Carol says, I'm not your mother. And you may be thinking at that point, if it's a first watch or if you haven't seen it in a while, then why bring this woman in? You know, like, oh,
1: I didn't think that at all. I just thought, you know, uh, so Julie got disappointed, but she'll continue with this journey.
0: So you thought maybe Carol wasn't actually the mom and that there was another mom out there and Julie was going to keep looking for her
1: at, at the time of the tape. Yes. Okay. Although I had some, you know, I liked her. Like I, you know, I thought she was a good person <laughs> who and was like nice to Julie uh, and all that stuff before she came back. And like, maybe they ah, got a, did a good pressure. job with
0: the setting up of this because, you know, I was wondering how it would land for you in terms of like they've put a lot of effort into making Carol likable and to give her hmm. to fill her out enough to make you see similarities with Julie. So yeah, the, I was wondering you know, if it would guitar. be, yeah, like there was just this stuff that there was a connection between them. I think they're, in terms of casting it, I think there's enough of a visual similarity there between them, um, you know, in terms of appearance and facial structure. So I think there's, they worked so hard to to make Carol a person in the world and not just like a potential mom, but like really fleshing her out. And then just to have her be like, I'm just not your mom. I wondered if there are people who watched it the first time and were like, then why did we just spend so much time with you? Like, like just to be skeptical of the, the very quick, uh, rejection of it all. They certainly, made an about face with her. And I think that the payoff is still there. If you felt like you liked Carol in the beginning and then she comes back and whatever you feel about her, I think they were trying to give us an about face. So I think that that works either way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't remember what I said the first time. I, I may have made some offhand comment, like, you know, she really is her mom and she sucks. I don't think I did because I don't, I don't know. I, I think it, it dawned on me later that like, it was a possibility, but you know, they had me pretty well convinced until she showed up again. When she showed up again, I was like, Oh, there's no reason to show up again unless you're her mom.
0: Yeah. And in that one episode, it's just a cascade of announcements when she didn't need to keep coming back for each announcement so it's a lot for julie to take in in one episode and i so i would say that's a big shock whether or not you saw it coming that carol would come back i think the amount of information that carol dropped is just too much for any human to process and julie's gonna have to do it and you know kudos to julie for how she handled it
1: yeah seriously
0: um, I've got one more though, and this one's a bit more flippant, but, and it's a little more meta. Okay. Abby and Danny may have had an actual love affair. <laughs> My brain exploded on this podcast when Fish came in with the hot take. Uh, you know, when she's like flicking lint off of his shirt and stuff and she's all giving him the side eye, that was, uh, you know, post-chuckup, post-sex, whatever, whatever happened between them, it was it was real, it was love. Uh, (laughs) I was not ready for that hot take. And then there it was.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we haven't gotten any feedback on this, I don't think, but would love to hear if I am like out on my own here. Because it was just my immediate reaction. Like I, in my head, there was no other way to read this
2: mm-hmm.
1: like mm-hmm. zero other ways. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Let I us know.
0: Mean, I want to know folks, did this blow your mind as much as it did mine or were you like, Melissa, you fool. <laughs> this was always there for the taking. Um, I don't know. Could be either way. So that's mm. my three.
1: Okay. All right. So my runner up, we've already talked a little bit about this, but, you know, I came in as a, as what I thought would be a Noel fan. And so my impression of Noel through most of the first season was pretty shocking to me. Um, so I don't know what to do with that. Uh, if I'm gonna just have to put it away in later seasons. But given that I chose Noel, um, and I stick by that, whew, uh, he, he still didn't come off as great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my runner up. And then I would think, you know, you've seen this so many times that it it wasn't a shock to you, but it was to me not remembering this so i knew that hannah was going to come in the first time
0: okay
1: i did not know hannah was coming back right so the whole series of events from hannah comes back shock noel ditches felicity shock noel sleeps with eli shock what
0: what noel sleeps with eli sorry sorry
1: (laughs) We're back to fancy. Oh, can again. we see
0: that, please? Can they go back? Can they please go back in time we record that? Can we get <sighs> Noel and Eli together? Por favor.
1: <laughs> Let me try that again. Oh, Felicity. Felicity sleeps with Eli. <laughs> still shocking. Less shocking yeah. than Noel sleeping with Eli. Oh, but yeah. still shocking. <laughs> and then Noel ditches Hannah and comes back and is like in love with like the whole series of events just shock 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 yeah. so for me yeah that was that was the big thing that hit me that season,
0: wow. season. well that seems fair
1: yeah uh, apparently a lot of my shocks revolved around Noel
0: a lot of them did Can I just, can we just go back though for a second? Can you imagine? Okay, picture it. Felicity and Eli just got together. Noel's angry. Noel walks into the studio. Noel gets advice from Richard. Don't, you don't want to go find this guy. It's human nature and it's a really bad idea. Noel's like, I'm going to go find this guy in the studio. He walks into the studio. He's overcome by the dreamlike haze. yeah. Yeah, he sees Eli clearing through the mist. He walks towards him. He's not totally sure, but he feels it's right. He sees all the sketches that they're Eli's of done Noel. at Felicity.
1: No, no. They're of Noel. They're of time.
0: Noel. Because yes. that this was actually how Eli wanted to get to Noel. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Really roundabout way. And then Noel <sighs> goes in fully expecting to be angry with Eli, but then he sees him. They lock and eyes and so it designs. just can't be.
1: They can't. No one, no one can resist the Eli.
0: Um, I need to see this happen. (laughs) Like, can they go back in time? Can they get these actors back? Can they do a, like, choose your own adventure alternate path? Or alternatively, possibly easier, if we've got any artist fans
2: of this show
0: out there who really like Felicity, can you draw this? (laughs) <laughs> thank you
1: um, wow
0: okay but back to what you were trying to say
1: um, I don't remember what I was trying to say
0: well, the <laughs> sequence of events was a surprise coming starting and it all happened pretty much in one episode too the fugue
1: yeah it was that whole episode for me it was just like okay um, yeah that, so that was, that was the biggest, um,
0: well, and I remember that. actually, cause in Thanksgiving we were, I was trying to hold my tongue because we were talking about Hannah breaking up with Nolan. You're like, it's a breakup break. It. They're broken up. They're all the way broken up, broken up.
1: That's what I, I was thought. like.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So I knew that you were not at all that this would be a surprise to you. That she and
1: it was. Yeah. Um and and again, I don't I don't judge Hannah for coming back and I don't judge Noel for, you know, seeing what happened. It was just surprising.
2: Yeah.
1: And I don't know. I guess yeah, the whole the whole sequence of events that they set up to me was was just a series of whoa, what?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, in an alternate
0: yeah. universe, Hannah is the protagonist of this story.
1: Yeah. So, Absolutely.
0: You know, it, I think it's just can you be you? You want you? We've grown to be protective of Felicity as watchers of the show because it's called Felicity. We've been following her this whole time, but you know, and so Hannah is a threat to the stability of her relationship with Noel, but. Uh, so what? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, maybe that's the relationship that was meant to be. And I think the fact that they were exploring that I think is okay. Well, let's keep moving through. Our next question was funniest thing that happened this season. Yes. Um, let's have you, st- I'm just noticing with me for Five, Where we said we were going to have five questions, we really have six. So we broke our own rules straight from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's fine.
1: Yeah. We have six? What's yeah. this?
0: Um, It's okay. Yeah. And so, you know what? Hey, we've already set up. We're breaking <laughs> rules. That's what we do. Um, yeah, yes. It's... So funniest thing that happened this season. Fish, do you want to start with this?
1: Sure. So... For me, I have two. I have the funniest thing that happened in the podcast and then the funniest thing that happened in the show. Oh. Yes. So funniest thing that happened in the podcast was uh, our revelation that Nicole had brought hot dead rabbits over for Ben to tickle as a seduction technique. And then Melissa being unable to breathe Mm
2: -hmm. for
1: a couple of minutes so that was my highlight of the podcast i was just like you know what this is the best moment it makes me happy every time yeah
0: apologies to everybody who thought that i was going to talk during any portion of that where i was just (laughs) trying to get my breath
1: that
0: that got weird
1: amazing (laughs) (laughs) and the funniest moment of the show for me was when ben was sitting and sadly and slowly eating the head off a marzipan boxer that's one of my
0: honorable mentions
1: yeah yep, that got me that got me i mean that was like better than the todd mulcahy bus hit yeah i just i mean we must have watched that what like four or five times
0: i think that was the first scene that we went back and watched a bunch of times yeah which is right. like, we have
1: to watch. This.
0: That was from episode six, and we both had summarized it really, really well in our notes too. I think I said something like Ben slumps while eating mar- marzipan boxer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was that was so great. It was so so random, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And if you've been watching the episode, it makes all the sense in the world. But to talk about it on this podcast, if you haven't seen the show, it's like, how would something like that come about yeah. in an episode? Yeah, <laughs> like how I do all those like, words go together?
1: Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is remember that the Ben lives with Sean, and uh-huh. that sometimes he's sad.
0: Yeah,
1: and it makes total sense.
0: I like it. So those are your, those are your two.
1: Those are my two. How I love about, that that's your favorite moment have. of the episode. It <laughs> is show Felicity in season not, one. Not favorite, funniest. Of funniest. Funniest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was one of my honorable mentions, and I've got two more. I'll say the other honorable mention first. So in Gimme An O. Uh after the comedy of errors that is Nolan Felicity's first attempt at having sex, I mean everything from getting slammed unpleasantly up against a locker, falling onto a hairbrush on the bed. Uh, people, the three guys walking into the dorm room, then starting a fire with the Christmas tree that is just a holdover from the holiday season. All oh. of this happens. Felicity is like, I thought you locked the door. Noel's like, well, how, how could I have locked the door in the approach that you made to me? And after all of it, after it's very clear that they need to evacuate the building because there's a fire alarm going off, Noel says to Felicity, wait, we can still do this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for the record, he says that while there is still a fire going on, doesn't he? Mm
2: -hmm. It's like
1: before the fire is out, there's a whole tree currently burning, not two feet away.
0: Yeah. (laughs) we Love can them. still do this <laughs> and there's just like a whole bunch of people in the room now <laughs> I, it's just <laughs> and he's like no your room is on fire um <laughs> yeah that's that's an honorable mention moment so you may be thinking to yourself what could possibly be the funniest thing melissa thinks happened this season in the show for for me, this is going to have to be from finally episode ten. The all cap subtitles. I can't with <laughs> yeah. all cap subtitles.
1: Yeah, including that was pretty good. the word
0: "arg" in yeah. all caps. <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah,
1: oh, just, that was amazing.
0: The way they build up to that, you know, because they've been using this the subtitles where you expect them to be for the whispering. <laughs> And then Noel comes in and they, they just punctuate it so beautifully. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that was classic. Also was- his
0: stop talking so slowly, which is when you know it's going in the wrong direction. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much my funniest had to come from that episode because that was my 10. I mean, yeah, for a reason.
1: It's pretty amazing. It, it was, oh, Beats. Beats and Noel. Beats and Noel. So that's the funniest
0: thing that happened this season for the two of us.
1: Yes. All right. Well, we have one more that we're going to be comparing season to season. Mm -hmm. And it is Melissa. What or who was your favorite minor character of the season? And I recognize there won't just be one.
0: There won't just be one. There's going to be a top. There's a for sure top one. And then there's an honorable mention. So my honorable mention and it's been a while since we've seen her but felicity's mom eve gordon
1: oh okay. uh the,
0: the, is, is the actress's name and then you know um
1: and her actual name on the show is felicity's mom
0: yeah felicity's mom uh yeah. she didn't get a. it's been a while we haven't seen her since the very beginning of the season we will see her again She made a meal of probably not a lot of lines. I was especially impressed by what she did in the first, in the pilot episode, with her looks at Felicity's dad, because Felicity's dad is pretty much laying down an ultimatum for Felicity, one that I am not sure Felicity's mom is totally on board with. And she's just sitting there, sucking it up, being quiet and sort of letting the dad do the talking and having a world of thoughts happen in her mind, triggered by all kinds of things Felicity is saying, all kinds of things Felicity's dad is saying. And I just can't wait to find out more about what was happening in her mind that whole time, which says a lot because you could have had somebody come in and just sit there like a lump on a log and not be interested to know why they were feeling the way they were feeling. So for me, she's an honorable mention.
1: Yeah. I loved her. I, you're right. She did not get much screen time, but the amount she was able to convey. And I also just absolutely love that moment where she sits with Felicity on the bench and she talks to her about The choices that she's made in Mm -hmm. her life and has that real you know heart to heart grown-up conversation with her daughter and then gets to actually meet this guy that her daughter has you know gone across the country for Mm -hmm. and then i i think this is our first like real slow-mo he walks away and you know, mother and daughter both look out to just check out the butt on that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just like a like overall beautiful scene punctuated by a, yep, we'd both do him.
0: Yeah, and um, so her name is Barbara, Barbara Porter. Um, yeah, I, she just, and we are going to get more from her. And I'm very glad about it because she yeah. just did too much for us to drop her forever so i am very excited to see more with Barbara Porter slash eve gordon well done eve gordon and of course favorite minor character of the season if you're wondering who my number one is i can't imagine why you'd be wondering why who it is because i'm
1: uh, not entirely sure like i've got a couple thoughts in my mind i don't know who you're going to end on eli oh okay
0: I don't know how I could have telegraphed that anymore
1: that <laughs> we talked about that him. wasn't even in my list of people really
0: Eli no. just you know what's wrong with Eli nothing nothing, nothing is wrong with Eli he was just <laughs> in the right place at the wrong time is all I can figure if I mean if you're asking me Ben versus Noel I'm going to go Eli <laughs> and I see absolutely nothing that he's shown us that would get, indicate otherwise. So, yeah, l- let us all have a guy like Eli in our lives. That's what I say.
1: All right. I I probably should have figured that out, but I didn't. So look, another shock. There we uh, go. <laughs> you're still learning things.
0: Uh-huh.
1: All right. Now I'm going to fully admit I have taken massive liberties.
0: Okay. This one. Do you have multiple subcategories? I do. Okay. Favorite <laughs> so, minor character of the season, subcategory one.
1: <laughs> subcategory one is really just runners up. Okay. So runners up, um, I feel like this is the person I should have chosen, but I can't because there's another character. Okay. So... I mean, big, big runner up is Megan, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, she just, so many, so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another runner up is Richard because mm-hmm. I love him. And third runner up is just because of our soulful connection, the every fish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotta, Aww. gotta give that like honorable mention. Gotta have too.
0: solidarity there.
1: Every fish. Um, so then we have a uh, favorite minor character cameo. Uh, one speaking part, it's Bradley Whitford. Uh-huh. Now, that we now know is, uh, and I'm not going to pronounce her name right, uh, Jane Kaczmarek's husband at the time. And that came from one of our wonderful Instagram followers
0: at Galinsky. Hoping,
1: yes. Um, underscore.
0: I, at Galinsky underscore.
1: Underscore. Um, I don't know if you have the exact comment there. I do have I mean, the
0: exact comment. At Galinsky oh, underscore. Yeah. Actually said two different things. I think both worth noting. Okay. First of all, who knew about escape? You see? <laughs> Listened to it a bunch, but never knew the story. I see you at Galinsky underscore. Um <laughs> I think that was important to leave in. Then he <laughs> said, secondly, Bradley Whitford is slash was Jane Kaczmarek's real life husband.
1: Yeah. And I did not know that at all. Uh, but then I went back and looked it up. And he was at the time. He, They were together from, I think, 92. 90- 97 90 something um to like 2010 so they were together for a while um and they have three kids and i knew none of this i think i have seen just about everything that bradley whitford and her have been in so yeah just a a shout out to the the non-speaking husband dad character of played by bradley whitford
0: yeah shout out
1: yeah so now I've got an interesting category, favorite minor character inanimate object category. Oh, boy. <laughs> so here we, are, of course, have Megan's box.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But it is, it is really, for me, the spoon of responsibility. Oh, my God. <laughs> Huh? These were my, you know, I just I felt those I felt those moments, you know. Yeah. Uh, the spoon of responsibility meant a lot to me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Likewise. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I mean, I I kind of wanted to make the spoon of responsibility my favorite minor character, but I thought, you know, I might get dinged for that because. No, we celebrate weirdness here. Okay. We do. Um, And speaking of weird, my actual (laughs) favorite minor character, Javier. Yay.
2: Yay. Yay.
1: I just love Javier. I just love him. He's so fun and nice, and I'm glad he's coming back. And I just, I need more Javier in my life. Uh Um, You know, I love Eli, but... When it comes to minor characters, I'm really looking for, you know, the laughs.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I see you. All right. Well, that was an unusual number of subcategories, but I appreciate <laughs> you for everything that you do. That yeah. was great. Okay. So now we head into our superlatives category. And in this one, I had to give five best. And fish, you had to give five worst. Yes. And do you think I did five best?
1: I'm gonna guess no. Nope. Uh,
0: I get I, I did I, do
1: five worst.
0: Okay. So well, but I
1: totally broke the rule before this. You a lot. definitely
0: broke the rule before this. So did I, for that matter. <laughs> I'm gonna give you nine.
1: Oh, okay. All That's right. how
0: I'm doing it. I don't even have honorable mentions. I just did it sort of in episode order that they appeared in
1: okay no, i fully accept that
0: so yeah if you're if you're trying to follow along if you're trying to guess best moments just know that i'm doing this in the order that they appeared
1: so not so, in a, like well superlatives really don't to... have a yeah they don't really have a rating
0: I didn't attempt to rank them, but they're all a category unto themselves. So there is no other thing that could go into these categories. Um, so the first one that I put was best intimate character moment for the audience. Oh. I put this in episode three, Ben in acting class. I just loved those scenes in hot objects. Um, the the way they were shot I think was very artistic and creative and really isolating for Ben but it really brought us in and I think now and I'm sure that I said it at the time to you Fish, but it was like we don't see Ben having moments and speeches like this very often in the show and you might not have appreciated that up in up through episode three because we had him making speeches in episode one and then episode three and it was like all right well he's a speech guy he is really (laughs) not so him being on stage in class going through the level of depth of information that he gave us in his second attempt was a very revealing moment for ben that we don't often get to see and i loved it
1: i absolutely love those scenes too I all the way up through again, I would say at least the probably first two thirds of this season, I, I didn't get the impression that Ben was particularly difficult to talk to, Mm -hmm. but it became very clear toward the the back third to the point where I was like, ah, it's like pulling teeth, getting this guy to talk.
0: Yeah. And I think from what I know about him for the whole series, that is what I understand of him. And so the fact that he was giving us more of these moments early, I think it has more to do with who he was with or or something about the situation and not necessarily that he'll do that with everybody. And it's just unfortunate that they set it up like that for somebody who's new to the show, because I I think he is. He's more the guy who at Julie's birthday party will say, uh, Happy birthday, Julie, when it's time to give a speech. You know, like that's kind of more where he is.
1: Yeah, but he's also the guy who gave her that like lovely speech about his own personal trauma mm-hmm. and like how he, I mean, there were so many times early on. Yeah. You know, he's the guy who laid on the bed and recited poetry with her, he's the guy who was on the roof with Felicity and talking and in the stairwell and talking and you know, the guy who has the banter with Sean back and forth, you know, the funny, eh, you get it. Um, well, I
0: think the, the banter is I think a different thing because he is, he, I think leans on sarcasm when he's not comfortable to express more thought. So I think his relationship sarcastic. with Sean can be more banter-esque. He will have, some serious conversations with Sean and you'll feel a, a tonal shift.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just thinking kind of the upbeat, you know, open, friendly, affectionate guy is what he was portrayed as for mm-hmm. most of this, this first season. Mm-hmm. And then just like, pooh, nosedive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So best intimate character moment for the audience, been an acting class. Now, number two, um, most iconic visual From episode four, the the shot of Felicity peering into the refrigerator and seeing Megan's (laughs) underwear and a tub of I can't believe it's not butter. That's right. Uh, That image is just everything we needed it to be. You don't need any dialogue at all. You know exactly what that is, and when it happened, and who did it. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just love it. Um, not sure there's much more to say about that. All right, another one. Line I most want to use in real life Ooh. from episode seven. The line is a symptom of some fundamental discord. Do you oh, remember that where Joel yes, yes. draws the boundary? And Felicity,
1: and Felicity goes back. Redraw.
0: Yeah. And then he's just like, it's just a line. She's like, no, the line is a symptom of some fundamental discord. And he's like, the line is a symptom of some <laughs> fundamental. He's like, yes. And I agree. The line was yes. a symptom of some fundamental discord. In fact, that's the point of boundaries.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's why you need the line.
0: It's, it's why it has to be there, folks. So I feel like there's a lot of opportunity to use a line like this. If you just find a situation, it can be done. We can do this.
1: I mean, uh-huh. I'm going to be waiting for that story. I'm hoping it happens before the end of, uh, end of our, our podcast recording time for uh-huh. Felicity. Yep. Because I want to hear this real life story.
0: So that was from Drawing the Line, part one. Now, number four out of nine, demand <laughs> that has the least to do with the real problem. From episode nine, Thanksgiving, it's the post-it that says, give me back my pit. <laughs> 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 On the surface, most... it seems like they're having an argument about the pit.
1: Yeah, I mean, or not. That, that is the most passive-aggressive post-it that uh, happens in this show. However, I do love that we have a website called Passive-Aggressive Notes. Anyone who's ever been there, uh, everyone has to check this out. It's just a bunch of people who have found Passive-Aggressive Notes in their life. Like a lot of them have to do with work and like a refrigerator and somebody eating your food. Uh Um, They're amazing. Go to this website, have yourself a ball. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic.
0: Okay. Uh, Number five. And this is also coming from episode nine, Thanksgiving. It's one episode that has two mentions. Best hookup hair, Felicity, post bathroom makeout with Noel. My goodness. What do they do? (laughs) What do they do to our head?
1: That was an amazing, that was amazing.
0: Yeah. I don't even know that there's more to say on that. Um, that was that was number five. Number six, I enjoy this one. From episode 13, Todd Mulcahy, part one. Got the most wrong in asking someone out. And it's the line that, from the voicemail that goes, it's come to this. I dare you to go out with me. This is Todd. Yeah. Got the most wrong in asking someone out.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's amazing how much he could get wrong with so few words um, I mean there was method there was tone there was timing mm-hmm. um, order of a,
0: sentences
1: yes I mean
0: interest of person yeah <laughs> number Having of voicemails a, left to get to this point yeah
1: having uh, a fiance
0: mm-hmm. oh my god yes um. <laughs> uh.
1: oh so many things wrong
0: there was a lot of stuff wrong but god yeah. awesome, uh todd
1: <laughs> I mean that was my favorite episode
0: yeah sure was those are ten yeah now number seven From episode 14, Todd Mulcahy, part two. And this is something uh, from your favorite minor character. Best Mm -hmm. Javier line. Yay. Turn the knob the way you would want to be turned if you were to be a knob. Oh, yes. That was part of Mm -hmm. Javier's instruction of how to use the cappuccino maker, the espresso (sighs) machine, to make a mocha specifically.
1: Oh. He has so many great lines and that I would definitely put that in my top three. Do you
0: have one that would um, go in your top one?
1: Yes. And my top one would, would be, uh, and I can never say it exactly correctly, but it's something like, um, you know, the most valued thing in my family is honesty and arugula. Yep. <laughs> that's my top one.
0: Brutal honesty and arugula.
1: And arugula. Yeah. Uh, that, oh my goodness. That's my top yeah. one. Let's
0: hear it for Javier. Oh. Okay, I've got oh. two more. Yes. Number eight from episode seventeen: Assassins' strangest way to show loyalty. <laughs> oh, Lena's yes. saying, "Give her back the jello." While holding up the suction dart gun to Megan.
1: And shooting her anyway before she gives the jello back. Yeah. Which we think was just an error on, you know, timing of of that episode. But I'm going to tell you, all I wrote there in my notebook was Elena is my hero. See? Yeah.
0: Loyal, but strange way to show loyalty.
1: But in that moment. Very appropriate poignant I mean it meant a lot it it hit me right in the heart
0: meanwhile the whole time Megan had Elena's name how has she never heard (laughs) Elena's name ever like it's just so funny
1: Um, well but also at that point okay we've talked about this right at that point Elena has her own name mm -hmm. so how does anyone win because Felicity and Noel have each other. Even if they shot each other, Noel would have Noel's name or Felicity would have Felicity's name and Elena would have Elena's name. Yeah. So like to win, you'd have to convince the other person to shoot themselves. This was a poorly planned exercise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just another example of Noel being a subpar RA. (laughs) That is true. Okay. This brings me to my final one that you are not going to like. Uh-oh. So episode 22, Felicity was here. Best kiss moment. Felicity and Ben. Ah. Uh,
1: no, it was. it. Look, on mute, it was a great kiss. <laughs> after, he, after he gets so quickly to her face. And and then if you put it on mute, it was a good kiss. I no, will I think give you even that.
0: the him getting quickly to her face, because it was still somehow gentle. It wasn't like, a, oh, he almost took out all our teeth. Like there was control and he was just in a rush and then he got there and then he was patient. And there was, you you said like an almost animal like instinct about that. I was like, yeah, that that tracks. It Um, does,
1: it feels like that.
0: Now I understand the Bolero or not to Bolero
1: debate (laughs) rages on
0: on this podcast. We would love to get your feedback on how you felt about that song. I have put it on my best list. Because I have that kind of control over my own best list.
1: She can do that. She's allowed. We are allowed to disagree.
0: So, ma ha 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 ha.
1: Not only are we allowed to, I think it might be a prereq.
0: That's the only way we work. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, when we, early in this podcast, many, many, many episodes ago, when we were like, it's so funny. We like the same stuff. For totally different reasons, I hate everything fish loves. Fish hates everything I love, and it works somehow. We have great conversations, and you might have thought you're just kidding. Like, you can't be serious. How could that work? (laughs) Well, you now have how many Many hours hours. of podcasting? Many, (laughs) many many hours. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much proof. We celebrate.
1: Our differences.
0: Our differences. We celebrate our disagreements. We're like, oh wow, another disagreement. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and we we keep both going. love this, <laughs> but you're totally wrong about everything you just said. Yeah, this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. It was the worst. <laughs> mm.
0: So, so you're you're part of this group now, listeners. You you understand the fine line we walk.
1: And feel free to weigh in on either side, neither side or both sides. Yeah. I mean, you can do whatever you want to.
0: I've noticed we don't often get people who come down on a side because they don't want to maybe annoy either of us. I don't know. It's fine. I don't know if you've noticed listeners, but we are totally welcoming of alternate points of view because that's what we do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's
0: how it is. So I I have just proceeded to break so many rules with my number of superlatives. How about you, though, Fish? You said you you had five for worst.
1: Yeah, I had six, but then I got rid of one, but I might add it back. Add
0: it back.
1: Why let it go back. unsaid, you know? Right. That's what I say. Well, I'll say that one is the last one then. Okay. I'll add that one back. So I'm going to start with my first one, uh, which is worst song choice. Oh, boy. bolero. <laughs> Yeah, I held it. I held it.
0: Cashmaster Flex. <laughs> um, that's that's what I call her when I'm really—I don't know—I just say it.
1: In yeah, this case, does. I'm not happy. It's it's kind of like when your mom says your middle name, <laughs> and you know you're in trouble. <laughs> 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 yep, I called it out, and that's what happens. Uh, <laughs> that is what happens. <laughs> Fine. Worst song choice of the entire series. Bolero. Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm going to give her a minute to get over that.
0: <laughs> We're just erasing each other's superlatives.
1: Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. We can do that.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and what does it mean? We don't know. It's fine. Nope.
1: Mm-mm. Um, all right, so I think much of this is not gonna come as a surprise, uh, and much of it came in the same episode so hmm. worst plot device, magic
2: oh,
1: yeah, yeah, that Uh-oh. was really unfortunate for me, but it's okay, you know i I will start therapy and work my. <laughs> We're through this.
0: This one's still um, really fresh, too.
1: It is. It is. But, uh, you know, the last episode, they it's like they totally got rid of it. So
0: Thank goodness. I was so yeah. worried that yeah. you were going to hate the rest of the nope. series because of that.
1: Nope. Which um, may sound like a
0: dramatic thing to say, but, I mean, they were setting up a very important cliffhanger.
1: That, yeah, like, which is why I was so I, upset.
0: It doesn't just let go, you know, like yeah it's just an episode but also if you like fundamentally don't believe half the stuff that happened in that episode because of the magic then it's like oh (laughs) no
1: okay um all right again not a surprise worst set design felicity's room for the effing bike helmet uh and also so much brown and no character and I know that we have an Instagram comment here from AuntMary72, who is just my savior in life because she came in with the absolutely amazing um, sort of thought that she had around the effing bike helmet as it will continue to be known. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, Felicity's parents were just worried for her in general. Mm-hmm. And so they gave her a bike helmet so that she would be safe. Now,
0: uh, I'll read I'll read the feedback. So okay. again, this is at Aunt Mary 72. I have a bike helmet theory. Felicity's overprotective parents sent her to college with it just in case. Julie borrowed it to go roller skating and never returned it Mm -hmm.
1: fun. Yeah. I mean, look, maybe she could have bought a bike. Maybe it was for the odd earthquake. We don't know why, but her Mm -hmm. parents, you know, they, they wanted to protect her and Mm -hmm. I can live with this. I'm like, all right. And then it was in Julie's room. I mean, she came up with a solution for everything. So I can sleep at night and thank you thank I mean, you aunt mary we needed this we i needed, needed a theory big time and i think she also helped out melissa
0: yeah uh as you may know uh the way fish feels about the bike helmet i feel that way about Noel's lockers and once again at aunt mary 72 saves a day I also have a theory about the lockers in Noel's room. Way back in the century, students would give their RAs valuable stuff to hold on to, hence the lockers. Okay, so what that tells me, if we go with this theory, is that every RA is going to get that same room. Year after year, whoever's the RA is going to get that room, and there's going to be lockers in it. Um, I don't know if that'll bear out in season two, so we're going to have to we're going to have to look for RA rooms in season two and see if they've got lockers as well. But I like the theory. It could make sense. Instead of paying for storage units, they put it in a stranger's room. Who's a little older. Who's an RA.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And maybe it isn't, they all get the same locker. Maybe those were the lockers available for that time or maybe Uh he provided his own lockers and maybe some others have them like hidden under their bed or in the closet Uh maybe they fit in the closet so you know i look i i am taking solace in the effing bike helmet Uh reasoning i feel like you should take the opportunity to take solace
0: i will i like i like this we'll have i think more opportunity to see if that bears out In season two, I don't know if, I don't know what happens with the bike helmet.
1: Oh God, if it shows up in season two, I don't know. I don't know if I can. I can't,
0: I can't confirm or deny because I have no memory of the bike helmet ever. (sighs) It's only now that I'm doing this rewatch that I'm clocking appearances of the bike helmet.
1: If it keeps going through all four seasons, then there must be a reason. And I must find it.
0: I can't promise you that it doesn't continue to show up. Oh my god. Cuz I'm god. not I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and be wrong and have you be like, "Melissa, remember in season 1 when we did that recap and you promised me, I can't do that to you."
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Look, I will just have to um breathe and rely on Aunt Aunt Mary 72. Like yeah. it's just, you know? Right. she she got it from her parents and she wants to hang on to it because it's now a sacred memento mm-hmm. um okay all right yeah that's fine so that's thank fine. you
0: for your theory yes 72
1: um what and else now do we I have I, on the
0: I, worst list
1: so I'm gonna go through like a whole like list of why you've already, um, talked about this, but, uh, worst, first attempt at losing your virginity goes to Felicity for, and let's look at the boxes. One saying they should have sex when Noel is holding his new computer.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. uh, Scheduling sex for 8 p.m. on a Wednesday in a day planner. Yeah. Yep. Accepting a blood donor card in lieu of actual testing for STIs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Being the ball and attacking Noel. Yeah. Leaving her hairbrush on Noel's bed for him to fall on, I assume. Right. Yeah. Not locking the door. hmm Or having Noel lock the door.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Getting caught by three guys and breaking Noel's computer for a second time. Yep. And starting a fire outside of Noel's pants. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. Now that is, those are all the reasons, but I am going to give some bonus points here and you really have to rewatch the scene with this in mind to To fully kind of see this, so everyone go back and rewatch this. Once I say this, she gets major bonus points for showing up for sex at his door with no pants on. Mm-hmm. And I'm only gonna say this because literally she attacks his face. We never see any pants. And at no point do we cut from scene to scene where she could have taken her pants off. And then she has no pants on.
0: Doesn't she put pants back on, though?
1: She had left when them the guys on the come floor. In the room? Yeah, they were already on the floor, apparently to the side, because she never removes the pants. and And there is very little time between when she <laughs> walks in the door and you just see underwear. So... This
0: might be one of those scenarios where it's unfortunate that I don't notice clothing. Um, (laughs) Is it possible? So, okay. If you're saying there wasn't enough time, either they, she did it and they cut it or they did this scene 30 times and like 15 takes in, they were like, it's fine. Just, just don't wear the pants anymore. It's taking too long to put him back on between takes.
1: I think that's probably what it was because she walks in the door and then and you only see her sweater. Uh Then she is like being the ball. And again, you only see her like her sweater and then she starts kissing Noel against the locker. And at that point you can see the (laughs) underwear. So there is no, there's zero time. To, so she just walked right up to that door, <laughs> underwear on, pants already pre-placed on the other side of the bed. I mean, slow clap for her.
0: I'm just sure that that's a continuity error.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and yet, Felicity. Love it. Love walking it.
0: down the hallway in a sweater and no pants didn't yep. happen.
1: Um, uh, did in my version. It
0: did in your version. And she wow. got and,
1: and she got major bonus points from me, and she went up like a notch from Megan. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, these are the takes we need from people who notice fashion, yep. um, such as you. And
1: Fish. you know, speaking of fashion, uh, you know we weren't going to get away without a worse sweater category. Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay look i had to look at a lot of sweaters to get here Mm -hmm. a lot of really bad sweaters but this this is definitely in in my mind this is the worst one so this is from the episode cheating in the scene where felicity barges into the room to tell the committee that she rewrote ben's paper Uh and she is wearing this gray like, long sweater with a turtleneck with mm-hmm. these, like, little brown zigzags on it. Okay. Um, and the sweater doesn't fit. The, the arms are weird and flat and too big, and the neck is too large, and it puffs out in the back
2: mm-hmm. while looking
1: like it's strangling her in the front. It looks oh. super cheap. The brown oh. zigzags are actually falling off. And it is long and boxy. And who puts gray and brown together? I mean, this is Jeez. a garbage fire, a dumpster fire of a sweater. Okay. Yeah.
0: I had a sweater just, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you um, don't even
1: know what sweater I'm talking about. I have no about. idea, but I'm hearing you describe it and
0: it sounds hideous
1: yeah it Did was you have any other
0: sweaters on this list
1: I mean this one was a clear winner I mean there are a lot of sweaters that were sort of brown and molting or like just ugly I seem um, to
0: remember um I, I seem to remember uh, a visceral reaction to an outfit that involved clogs
1: oh yeah but this is this is a sweater yeah okay specific category
0: okay
1: um so, and then, okay, so my last one, if I was to do the six, the one I've removed mm-hmm. was worst RA. Uh, yeah. And this well, may be a shock, but it's going to be Daryl. Yeah.
0: I'm, I was just going to say, Daryl's not been doing so hot.
1: Yeah. He's not good, but Noel is a runner up.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, but really fully worst RA, Daryl.
0: That I have to agree with. If nothing else, except for the handling of Zach, you know, it's interesting that we haven't brought up Zach at all.
1: I mean, he definitely would go on a worst list, but I mean, I feel like I don't have a way to say that like worst human. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I'm, I'm
0: glad we've just mentioned it here. He's on some sort of a superlative list for bad stuff. Um, yeah. He's, he's cruddy. Yeah. Like Zach no despite how much they tried to make him real, like i don't know sympathetic or like uh, in the beginning or like help us understand him um, um nope nope nope
1: nope <laughs> that's our view the, the nobiest nope, nope
0: character
1: okay you fuck zach we actually don't have a category for you we're it's just gonna so yeah up.
0: yeah that's all Uh, Okay. So those are superlatives. Our five best and five worst, also known as nine best (laughs) and six worst, plus a seventh worst that we just came up with. Okay. So there you have it. Um, Now it's time for some average ratings. Now this was an adventure.
1: (laughs) I can't even imagine how you did this. We might need to
0: do some teamwork here, but here's how I'm thinking we'll do this. Okay. I broke it down into you and me, our averages. And then if we're going to try to do a combined average, I'm going to need some input from you. Um, so fish's averages for season one. Now, let's see here. Which episode was it? Episode 11 had a sliding scale of uh, wait, 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 which one? No, episode 16 had a sliding scale of somewhere between six and nine. Episode 11 had a rating of six, but also 10 out of 10 gloves for a scene with Felicity and Noel Mm -hmm. when he reveals he got a room for them for try number two. And episode 17 was an eight, but had a 0.5 bonus for Sean's butt. So when I was working the math on this, I broke this down a few different ways. (laughs) It was a 7.27 out of 10 gloves if you use the six of the sliding scale in episode 16. If we use the nine, it's a 7.41 out of 10. So it, your, your average ratings go between 7.27 and 7.41. We have the 0.5 bonus for Sean's butt. We have the 10 out of 10 for the scene where Noel reveals he got a room for him and Felicity for try number two and give me now. So if you build those in Then with the 10 out of 10 for that scene and the six of the sliding scale, we've got a 7.39 with that 10 out of 10 scene and the nine of the sliding scale, we have a 7.52. So I would say all of your averages are comfortably between 7.27 and 7.52.
1: So how are you doing the 10 out of 10 scene?
0: I either like
1: another episode
0: I I counted as another episode when I built it in.
1: Yeah. I would think that's more like. It's just separate. No, it's like. Okay. So you take the whole episode. Mm -hmm. And then like, how long do you think that scene was?
0: Oh my goodness.
1: So. Five minutes.
0: Okay. Let's say five minutes.
1: Okay. So out of like 45 minutes, it gets like. Five minutes of 10 out of 10 and what was my rating for the rest of the episode
0: okay so the rest of that episode was a six okay
1: so um for all of you who don't want to now listen to me uh Do math. use excel um i'm going to say equals um Let's see, 40 over 45 times 6 plus 5 over 45. Oh, maybe another parentheses. Five, oh, 5 over 45 times 10. Mm-hmm. This is nine, riveting. Isn't it? Yep. Uh, especially when I forget the, where the parentheses are supposed to be and then... This is what happens. Yeah. Uh,
0: Here's what I suggest. Yeah. I suggest that we take 7.27 and 7.52, because those are the ends of the spectrum. And we average those for you.
1: I got a 6.4 for that episode.
0: You got a 6.4 for that episode. All right. All right. So how do you want to handle
1: the 0.5 bonus for Sean's butt. That's just, I mean, that's 0.5 on the whole episode. So that's really an 8.5.
0: Okay. So that's an 8.5. And then, okay. Then we got the sliding scale. So.
1: Yeah. The sliding uh, scale was really a, the six and the nine. It wasn't that it was a, a sliding scale for the whole episode. It was the episode ranged kind of between low points of a six and high points of a nine. So I would just take the average between six and nine.
0: So we're looking at what, 7.5? Yeah. Okay, 7.5. All right. Okay, so our final number for fish is going to be seven point three eight one eight one eight one eight one eight two. All
1: right, so we're (laughs) going to go 7.38. All right, okay. I mean, given that I gave one episode a 4.5 and one, a two, Mm -hmm. uh, that means that everybody else kind of, you know, had some really good ratings in there.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So that fish's total rating average is 7.38 out of 10 gloves. Now
1: Now how you are going to do yours.
0: No, mine is somewhat easy because the number is simple. Uh, Okay. So here's, here's my, my average 7.79 out of 10 blood drive pamphlets, funeral bration posters, Estonian chocolate bars, tubs of I can't believe it's not butter subway sandwich shop uniforms, marzipan boxers, Ben Webster records, party animals, ye waverly ends smart powder drinks, headbands, vending machines, childlike senses of wonder, slow medics, hair nets, (laughs) contrapuntal voices, non-fat, no whip, no cafe, cafe lattes, hold the tay, uneaten (laughs) slices of pizza, gardens of beautiful blooming flowers, convivial (laughs) environments, boxes of seven-year-old clove, and tickets to Berlin. It's really easy, mine.
1: I mean, (laughs) you know, I feel like, I feel like that's a lot of stuff to have seven, what was it again?
0: 7.79.
1: To have seven point seven nine of each of those, mm-hmm. I feel like you have to divide them by twenty two. I don't seven... think we need to go
0: there. I think it's fine <laughs> to say seven point seven nine of the categories. I think I think we've. got a done lot it. of stuff. That's a lot of stuff, and and so our combined average. If I now do beep 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 run these numbers, it's seven point five eight five. Okay. I'm okay with 10 gloves slash all the other things. (laughs) Yeah. I've just been waiting for the moment where I could read off all those units. Some of those (laughs) those so happy. The slow medics. It just reminds me of how angry I was about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then how like you were, you were very reasonable once you were like, Oh, I guess they, they have a small hallway. Yeah. I guess that does like, that would have been hard for them
0: yeah like, it, was a, a it was just empathy. a timing issue from a shooting standpoint they were like this is yeah. how much stuff we need to get done in the time between when you start walking that hallway and before you walk through the door <laughs> so slow it down folks <sighs> yeah uh makes a lot of sense to me i yeah. i enjoy these going back and thinking about them like the funeral abrasion posters oh yes that was okay, one of the first so things we noticed on megan's you, side of the room
1: yeah you've read them really quickly I did go back through and just read them nice and slow and I want to savor it I want to savor it I also want to pick out like my favorite one because I have some favorites but I feel like when you when you read it so quickly a couple of them jumped out but I was like I'm not really thinking of all of them
0: Mm -hmm. well we have blood drive pamphlets from the pilot we have Funeral Bration posters from episode two, actually. So that was, I guess, the first time we spent time looking at Megan's side of the room. Mm-hmm. From, from episode three, we have Estonian chocolate bars,
1: which is where the whole debate yep. began. Still controversial. Yeah, this is it's still
0: really bad. controversial. But at Galinsky underscore has really come in with some important new information for us. Thank you for that. Um, episode four was Chubbs of I Can't Believe It's Not Butter. Which yeah. got its own little shout out in my iconic scene superlative. <laughs> uh, episode five, Subway Sandwich Shop Uniforms. Mm-hmm. The Halloween outfit of choice for Elena and
1: well for Noel just, and then forced it upon it. Elena. Well, and did Noel ever I mean he showed up so late.
0: But he was wearing it.
1: Yeah, when he showed yeah. up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um and then, of course, our beloved marzipan boxers from episode oh, yeah.
1: six. So good. Headless. And Are they headless? What was that? Are they headless? I can't remember. If no, they I just headless. put
0: marzipan boxers. I didn't put headless. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, episode seven, Ben Webster records.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That was uh, what I think Blair and gave Elena. it to Elena, right?
1: Yeah, when Elena was making the choice between Um, taking the, looking at scholarships, taking the opportunity or not.
0: Yeah. And then episode eight, Party Animals. It's a shout out to Story.
1: Yep, yep. Didn't like her.
0: Nope. Episode nine, (laughs) this is one of my favorites. Ye Waverly Inns.
1: Yeah, that that was a really good one.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed that
1: one.
0: And that whole scene.
1: And the Instagram post where you just kept saying, this post is not brought to you by you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah. I just okay. slipped that one right in there. I just, That's I, I still remember Noel saying, no, no, you, literally is. I have dreams about it. <laughs> 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 oh man. This is a real trip down memory lane, reading off these ratings, uh, units of measurement episode 11 headbands.
1: Uh, or skirts
0: or skirts depending on who's wearing tops
1: Mm -hmm. uh still say she rocked that
0: she's still it was amazing what she did with that then we've got episode 12 vending machines and specifically we said the four thousand. actually
1: yes we did yes it was a big vending machine which Uh, do we ever see them again we don't
0: well no, not, not to like shine a bright light on them.
1: Yeah. I mean, that um, was where we got into our argument about e- how you eat sausage.
0: Correct. Yep. Also, when we saw a bunch of Estonian or Russian people, it's just trying to pronounce the word microwave over and over again in the background of a scene.
1: That's yep. great. Fantastic moment.
0: Um, and then we have episode 13, childlike senses of wonder.
1: That was, that was a good one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) i didn't see that one coming yeah there were a lot of
0: obvious ones and i went Mm -hmm. for the non-obvious choice
1: then we have
0: episode 14 shout out to my slow medics
1: yep slow you're slow you're medics but you're slow
0: yeah i just thought guys there's one thing that you've got to do for your job be quick uh (laughs) it's fine though we we explained it (laughs) episode 15 hair nets
1: which he did wear
0: Mm hmm. We got there. Yeah. Then we've got episode 16 contrapuntal voices.
1: Yeah, that was a deep one. That was a shocking episode. Wow. It was Mm -hmm. absolutely everything. Well, that and I guess the next episode.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, my one of my other favorites is the next episode, episode 17, nonfat, no whip, no cafe, cafe lattes,
1: Hold the Tay. That's hard not to give the top one too. I am not I'm not 100% there yet because I want to hear them all, but that's a really hard one not to give the top top rating too..
0: Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we've got episode 18 Uneaten slices of pizza. I'm looking at you, pizza. You weren't eaten. <laughs> I think it's great. Amy Jo Johnson just like goes for it in all her eating scenes and everybody else just like pushes their food around as much as possible. Yeah, that I've noticed so far anyway. Um, episode 19 gardens of beautiful blooming flowers from the worst hypnotherapist alive.
1: <laughs> um, that's that. Mm-hmm. This is how you should feel, Noel, when you think of your ex-girlfriend sleeping with another guy, mm-hmm. just feel cool about it. Feel calm. Feel like you're in a garden with blooming flowers.
0: Yep. So there's that. Um, And then episode 20, we're going to get another Lynn line, which is convivial environments.
1: That man has the best vocabulary. Mm -hmm.
0: And it always seems to work. Mm -hmm. Then we've got episode 21, boxes of seven-year-old clove. A little on the nose with that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, nothing out of that episode is probably going to make me happy. So we might as well go with that.
0: Yeah. And that's going to make you especially mad, but that's yeah. fine. And then episode 22 tickets to Berlin.
1: Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with the one I can't pronounce, but it it ends in holding the Tay.
0: Nonfat, no whip, no cafe, cafe lattes hold the Tay. Yes. Here for it. Lynn. We're never okay. going to see him again, but goodness. Aww. What a line.
1: Oh, Lynn. <sighs> I'm going to miss him. Me too. I am not gonna. What an
0: unceremonious departure for those characters. I mean, Nicole, fine. Like, we we didn't need more of her, really. But to have Lynn just like, oh, they had a fight. They're broken up. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Like, man. Uh, I feel like they did too much work to like build him up as a friend of Ben's. You know, he wasn't just in one place. He was he was making a connection with Julie, you know, he was well embedded in this friend group now and uh, didn't matter.
1: Yeah. He's the, the bartender at the neighborhood bar, you know, I mean, they had them all set up, but I, I don't think we needed any more of Nicole, but I am glad that we got as much of her as we did Mm -hmm. because it brought us so much joy.
0: Yes. When we thought that we hated it and then it turned into one of the funniest parts of any of our episodes. Um, that's, you know, that happened. But so those are the ratings and we, you know, we had said we were going to make this next section for audience feedback. I know we've been weaving a lot of it, a lot more of it than we thought we would in as we went, but there is still some that we haven't touched upon yet. And so, I wanted to just sort of go through some of the ones that, because look, we've been getting feedback throughout the season. Whenever people happen to get up to episodes and are thinking about something, they'll share it with us, but it might have happened after it's relevant for us to bring it up again organically in conversation. So this is a great home for all of those little comments here and there that came in that didn't really have a place in the episodes we were covering at the time.
1: Yeah, and we do just want to say just so that, you know, in case something happens and we're not able to get to recording an episode or something like that, we record about um, two, like a little more than a week ahead, like two weeks ahead, maybe. Mm -hmm.
0: Something like a week and a half ahead, yeah.
1: Yeah, Um, because we record on weekends and we drop on a Thursday and Mm -hmm. we record like one week in advance. on that sunday. So some of the feedback just comes in and it's for, you know, that the episode that just dropped and unfortunately we've already recorded the next one, so we don't have a break in in the recording. Mm-hmm. Um
0: or more been- often what happens is people will hear the podcast episode about something and then share their feedback about it. So we naturally missed it. Sometimes we've been able to bring that feedback back in later. Um, and then sometimes it just doesn't quite make sense and we didn't want to let it go without mentioning. Yeah. Uh, so the, the first thing that I wanted to put in, actually, we're just really excited. We got a lovely review recently and I wanted to share this one because we were, we just, we just glow about all the feedback we get. We just love getting feedback and hearing from what you thought about the parts of the show, Felicity questions we asked, or in the case, what we hear about from you about what we've said on our podcast podcast. um, It just makes us really happy to hear from people who are listening and who enjoy Felicity. So we heard from Colleen Tenbus in a review. She said, this podcast feels like putting on your favorite old pair of jeans that somehow always seem to fit Felicity has always been my favorite show and revisiting it with Melissa and fish is equal parts, fun and nostalgic. In addition to discussing plot characters, devices, and fashion, there's also unique segments like what Sally said versus what she meant. Sort of kind of how that and awards. <laughs> I look forward to it every week Colleen, me look forward to hearing from you. Uh, you know, it's always so nice to hear from people who are like getting closer and closer to the show. Um, through the stuff that we're saying about it. So uh, we we are just so excited to see that review. and uh, it made us think of a challenge that we're going to issue a little bit later towards the end of this episode here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just really nice that um, you know, you guys take time out of, you know, your days and and listen and also, you know, provide feedback and and provide, um, something like a rating like this so you know we're just very thankful to colleen um she's been participating quite a bit in, in instagram and you know just absolutely loving uh, her answers and her comments so thank and we've you been much. finding
0: that there are people who like they come in frequently with little takes here and there or little comments here and there we love that and then there have also been people who've jumped in with like long emails to us which we appreciate too We've got like the Allison Atwater treatise that we've mentioned. We had a great long email from a friend, Michelle. Uh, Like there's just been so many things that come out of getting a really in-depth take. So for those of you who have a lot of thoughts about the show and wanted, especially knowing, okay, we're heading into season two, then season three, then season four, what you remember about the show and where it's headed, feel free to, to share your takes or your thoughts or, you know, stuff that you hope that we'll say as we set up for the seasons ahead.
1: Absolutely. Um, And any, you know, responses to our questions or questions that you have um, that you you want to hear more about or that we can do some research on or something like that. Um, Just I'm also loving learning about the show from those of you who are such great fans and, and know you know, just little things that I never would have figured out.
0: Mm-hmm. So we've got a few more pieces of feedback that are all just like, uh, minor topics here and there that people had comments about mostly let's see. Uh, I'll bring back another one from Colleen. That's, uh, uh okay. So she says, I'm glad the size of the dorm room came up my freshman year. I lived in a bunked, Double, meaning it was a single sized room that they uh, bunked beds in and made two people live in. Felicity had given me unrealistic ideas about how big my room would be since I watched it in high school. Yeah. Felicity, the room, the size of Felicity and Megan's room, that's not real.
1: (laughs) No, No, it's not. (laughs) It's not (laughs) Not how it works. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, Melissa, you've said, that it was very difficult to even get all the furniture in your, your room.
0: I mean, you could get the furniture in, but in a way that also people could maneuver in it, (laughs) not a lot of configurations for that.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, mine, at least my freshman one was this weird like L shape Mm. where our beds were very close to each other, but there was enough room in the like square portion of the room or I guess other larger rectangle um where we could at least put like the closet and the desk mm-hmm. so we were okay with it but then again didn't spend much time in there
0: Mm-hmm. yeah let's see okay so we have another one on elena and mcgrath and oh. and sort of a purpose for why this might have been there so at angie coder kelly on Instagram, said to us, Elena had a failed relationship with Blair, who cheated. So maybe she just wanted some action that she knew wouldn't amount to anything. I think that's a really interesting look at like McGrath is the rebound. Like there's no chance. Elena seemed to me very invested in what she had with Blair. Like at first she was... It was. She wasn't just playing hard to get. She was hard to get. But Blair worked on it, and he really stuck around, and he put a lot of effort into getting her attention and and getting her trust. And I think he succeeded.
1: Yeah, he definitely did. I mean, I did not see it coming that he was going to cheat. I mean, he was so you know, he he pursued her. He was thoughtful. He brought gifts that he thought would mean something to her. He said he was straight talking. Um, I mean, he really would have been convincing to me, you Mm -hmm. know? So, I mean, I, I did not, I did not see that coming.
0: Yeah. And then he hurts her and I think, I think she really truly felt it. I think that episode Friends at the end when, you know, she brings Felicity to the, the club to see, you know, if he went alone and they're just kind of hanging back looking to see his exit from the club at the end of the show and Tara Tara comes up. And they've obviously gone together as more than friends. And you see that Elena cries on Felicity's shoulder for the first time, really showing that level with Felicity. And I I don't know. I think Blair got all the way in and it really hurt her. And then she decks him in the next episode and yeah, she, she, but, but even in how she's responding to Noel after the Hannah stuff, yeah. you can see that she's still really feeling the blare of it all. And she's sort of, what's the word that I want for it? Like putting her thoughts onto him. She's kind of, I don't know, is it transmuting or, yeah. um So it's, it's very, uh, very present for her even if we're not getting a lot of development from her character in the writing of the show which is an absolute shame we missed a lot of Elena towards the back half of season one but I think this was something that was really on her mind and so it's interesting to think of McGrath as a like a b-list sort of uh this is going to be a rebound mean nothing I mean it's it's so funny because it's the highest stakes and also the most impossible. So it's like, maybe that was the spot she needed to fill.
1: I mean, maybe, um, I ha- I don't know. I certainly don't think she went into it consciously thinking it's going to be a rebound. I mean, he's a lot older than her mm-hmm. and I think, you know, as someone who generally likes older guys, like she looked up at him, t- you know, as being the scientist, which also made him sexy because he was smart and he's older. But mm-hmm. I think the maturity angle of it could definitely have something to do with Blair. Um, unfortunately, I think she just, again, picked a liar. uh mm-hmm. And quite a good one at that. Yeah. So um, it also might just be Elena not being able to pick them.
0: In season one. Yeah. In season one. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is all I know.
0: Yeah. I think <laughs> she'll do better at some point in the future, but yeah. not in season one.
1: I did want to bring up just on Instagram, uh, two people had the reaction I did. Uh, Again, Aunt Mary 72 and also Smallville Aesthetic uh, both just put the barfing emoji, which I know is upsetting to Melissa.
0: It's accurate, but it's not not something that makes me happy, but neither does the whole storyline.
1: Yeah. Um, But that was pretty much my reaction, which I apologized at the time for saying that my thought was gag me with a fork. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah. I it's, it's been good to see that everybody kind of had this, there hasn't been, well, I don't know, maybe we've been kind of leading the witness here. Cause uh,
1: if you do, again, if well, you like McClana, in this category, don't know. No, this is your request.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I well, have not
1: made this request. If,
0: if you like McLena, <laughs> we do want to hear from you. I mean, like uh, we just, it's interesting. Like I maybe thought there'd be a few people who'd be like, Oh, McGrath's so sexy or so like, I don't know, but uh, we have not gotten that. Wow. No. That has been not. totally absent from all <laughs> from that we've received so far. So I don't know. It's yeah, just I'm been... one of those
1: people who says, you know, look, if you think McGrath is super sexy, um, maybe just keep that to yourself. I don't I'm know. I think lie. it's okay <laughs> to say it.
0: I wonder when they were making this show, I wonder what they thought people were going to, th- I wonder if they were trying. To make it so everybody was disgusted with it, or if they thought like they had gotten the you know like is Chris Sarandon like I don't know like did they think that it was going to land a little differently? Because I have to say that there have been other shows, and I'm not going to name any and spoil it or anything, but like there have been other shows where they have done teacher student relationships, and in fact, any show that I can think of that that has done it has done it with a high school student. So yeah. and they didn't necessarily elicit the same disgust reaction.
1: So usually a guy and a mm-hmm. female teacher. Uh, um,
0: not always.
1: Not always. I can think but of I think cases a lot of the directions. Ones, yeah. And I think
0: people have often reservations when they think about those storylines, but they don't necessarily have this reaction.
1: Yeah. But I also feel like a lot of the time the teacher is close. Or age
0: that could be um, it too, but
1: it's also worse when it's in high school. Um,
0: yeah, and I think a lot of the, the in the times that I've seen it before, I more believed that there was real like with McGrath. It's like, ooh, how many times has he done this before? Like Elena's just lot. there, you know. And I lot. think it's a little different with the other stuff I've seen, where it's like, no, this is a relationship. Yeah. Um,
1: Genuine connection.
0: There's a genuine connection. Again, you tend to still have a reservation about the storyline, but when there feels like there's a genuine connection, it's like a just different thing to unpack than what this feels like. So I do wonder at the time the writers were writing this show, did they know how comfortably (laughs) this was going to land in the we don't want to hear about a category? Um, I
1: think so. I think they cut it in ways that made it very clear that maybe they had tested this with some audiences and they were like ah eh, don't show us that um okay the mm-hmm. other thing about my yeah. is i like he's not that old all right but well, he's not this old but i just feel like he has old man smell like i don't know how to explain it but i just feel like you can, so, like, we're can so sorry chris
0: sarandon <laughs> a perfectly fine person i don't know
1: and it's not him it's mcgrath as a character and yeah. especially the like morning after way that he woke up in the bed yeah i was like this dude smells
0: it wasn't sexy
1: it was not sexy
0: oh boy well we also <laughs> have two items of feedback regarding another not so sexy character but how not sexy is debatable so nicole let's talk about nicole uh here's a here's an interesting one at queen shalana 75 says nicole had more chemistry than julie with the little shrug shoulders emoji (laughs) whoa shots fired okay fish Mm -hmm. nicole had more chemistry than julie go
1: i agree no i agree um <laughs> with ben i would assume ben. is what she meant yeah yeah because you know ben is is like bashful and he's like trying to resist her and he's got the smile and he's sexy while he's doing it and she's doing her thing with sometimes clothes on sometimes no clothes on
2: uh-huh. and
1: and julie is very heavy like i even when he's pursuing her at first, it's like, no, like, I don't want to like, you know, the scenes that I keep talking about, you know, he does have some little smiles. He does, uh, you know, have those intimate moments of them sitting on or laying on the bed together. But it's not, uh, it's not, it's almost like they skipped the early part of the relationship because they just jumped in to so much heavy stuff. So you miss all of the flirty, you know, back and forth, like the I don't want to say the good part, but like the part you shouldn't miss
2: mm-hmm. is like the
1: early days of the relationship. And we don't get to see that, but we get to only see that for Nicole.
0: Yeah. And it reminds me when we had the episode where they were just about to break, was it finally where, you know, at the end of that episode, Felicity calls Ben and is like, okay, well, we're going to get that uh, taxi together to the airport, right? And mm-hmm. Ben's like, you know what, I'm actually not going back. And then mm-hmm. when he hangs up the phone, he lies back down in bed and Julie's there and he just kind of like hugs her and spoons her. And you at the time were like whoa did they just like jump into bed together I was like well technically they are in bed but like this is not them in a relationship because we will see you know some episodes ahead of that that they actually have a conversation about should they start something or not and so it hasn't happened yet at that point and I, you know, I remember having to be like, no fish, that's unfortunate that they implied that for you in this case, he was actually like their relationship when it would start later started from, she was coming over, she couldn't sleep. She was still really traumatized and he was her comfort. And so he was basically protecting her and that's where it started,
1: which can be very sexy. Like having a protective guy can be sexy, but um, I don't know on the back of that trauma. And then you start the relationship. Like, I want to see more like little flirty moments. Like she almost did like some little flirty stuff with Sean that I thought was more than what she was doing with Ben. Mm. So I don't know. It, it, it was a very heavy relationship. I don't think Ben was wrong in that.
0: And then, you know, going back to the comment, Nicole had more chemistry than Julie. So if you look at it like, well, it was really just about, uh, bonding over hard stuff and trauma with Ben and Julie, Nicole did represent the other end of that spectrum.
1: She did. Yep. She was just like, Hey, I am here is cool. I got a boyfriend, like we're kind of meh, and I just want you. I Mm -hmm. just, and he, you know, and responded in at least in kind of like a cute way by like blushing or looking down or, you know, being uncomfortable. Um, But he was cute about it. And so clearly he was attracted to her. But he knew it wasn't the right thing to do.
0: I don't know if he was attracted to her or not. I think he was so deeply aware of Lynn.
1: Uh, Okay, he's a guy. And please, any guys out there who are still listening to us, um, please weigh in. But guys are very visual. And generally, you know, straight guy, blonde walks up to you looking like her. You're going to be attracted And I, it doesn't mean you have to do anything, Mm -hmm. but, but you're going to be attractive. Like.
0: I think there was no way for him to separate that Nicole was Lynn's girlfriend from the very first come on that she made to him.
1: I don't think guys think like that.
0: But he was.
1: He kept like, sometimes, sometimes it can be like, oh, she's my little sister, but no, like, I think his
0: discomfort was real, wherever that discomfort was coming from. I think that he, I I don't think it was him being cute. I think that he was truly uncomfortable with the situation.
1: I I agree. I think he was uncomfortable, but I think part of the discomfort was the fact that she's attractive and mm -hmm. she's coming on to him. And he has to be like, I'm not going to do this okay. and he can fully separate the like, I'm not going to do this because you are with my friend. But there is, there is no line of, I'm not attracted to you because you're with my friend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that, that I just don't think exists.
0: Okay. Well, curious to get more feedback on that. But I mean, that lines up with uh, Nicole had more chemistry than Julie. It's, uh, however. You know, on the opposite end of that spectrum, we had another uh, thought from Colleen Tenbus. Nicole coming in hot might be an understatement. It was so cringy and inappropriate watching it back. And then she has the shocked face emoji. And the coming in hot reference is probably a lot of language I was using. And the episode where we were talking about that. And... She, I mean, we made multiple references in that podcast to how, if you just put the right music behind it, she is the star of a horror movie. She's the villain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> like, yeah, it's...
1: yeah, I, yeah, she, she was aggressive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She was aggressive. Look, she knew what she wanted and she went after it to the point of her ultimate move of yeah. bringing the hot dead rabbits over to be tickled. I mean, <laughs> that's the not imagine how many men she's gotten that way.
0: That's um, Taylor's as, as time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So goodness. Look, what a, It, it what may character. have been
1: cringy for some and, but for us, it, it has created a lot of joy.
0: It eventually did, but yeah. not because of her, but because yeah. of the stories we told about her. Yes. So, yeah. So we've got one more piece of feedback that I think will lead us into your predictions. So from at Felicity Restoration Project, huge shout out to him uh, for all the work he's doing. Says, so I love season one. Nothing really captures that feeling again, although it's probably the best season. I do have a soft spot for season two, which is the next season
1: look at that transition yeah um and
0: you know just to stop down on it for a second i agree i think uh, it'll be interesting to see because we're doing these average ratings for each season it'll be interesting to see how it bears out but from what i think i think i like season one the best of this show not having done a deep dive of the rest of the seasons yet i think that season one is probably my favorite and I really enjoy season two as well. And to see somebody who's so deeply close to this show—I mean, in fact, basically re-editing it—to um, to see that reflected, I think it is a good start for this rewatch.
1: Yeah, I—I'm not sure how I'm going to feel. I do, I do tend to like—I um, mean, I like the humor as it's peppered in, but. I like when shows, uh, do deal with some heavier subjects. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe I will, you know, like other seasons better because they have heavier subjects. Um, it seems like season four, I'm getting a general impression was like a, they're more mature, like more stuff happens, uh, Mm -hmm. type of season. So maybe. Um, Yeah.
0: And one of the things that happens, one of the things that happens in season one that there are some episodes in this season, not a lot of them, but a couple that feel a little more like the more, you know, you know, like they're kind of like PSA educational, they throw that in and it's not filler, but like all of gimme, a know, while it was very funny, it was like, this is a sex ed class um drawing the line part two was very like what do you do in this situation so there have been some episodes in this season that kind of needed to do their due diligence in covering some important topics of people who would be about this age we've done those now mostly so you know it does give a little bit more room for episodes just to go for the story and not necessarily the clinical do this, do this, do this approach.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and also for me, this season was really hit or miss, right? Mm -hmm. I have, um, my ratings go from a two to a 10. So. That
0: two felt like a real outlier though. If I look back, you did beyond that, you had one more low that was a 4.5 and otherwise everything else was like six and above.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say most of them probably were in like, well, my average rating Mm -hmm. uh, range, but, um, but I don't know if I, if I just don't have, I don't know. I kind of feel if they had just gotten rid of episode 21, like I, I would like this whole season Mm -hmm. a lot better, but because they did that and it is so fresh, um, I don't know, maybe I'll feel d- differently about it after season 2. Um but it it was unfortunate for me. But that's yeah. okay. It is what it is. I I have it has been washed away in the the final season the final episode. So I'm fine with everything moving forward. So I feel like I can kind of maybe put it in a box and ignore it the way <laughs> the way that you talk about some stuff. Yeah. Uh, you're like just Just pretend that didn't happen. I guess you just
0: make those decisions. It's not really a way that I used to look at shows, but I think I'm having to start doing that now because I think sometimes writers don't know. And it's one of those things about television where they're producing so many episodes. They don't have the same people like spearheading the writing or the directing on each episode because they can't do that. They have to turn around so many episodes so quickly. And so you get new people coming in, new voices who are coming into the show Some There may be some spec scripts, and I think we could probably spot those, you know, the love love and marriage. I'm looking at you. Um, Like, there's some stuff in there that's just like, oh, what's all this? And, And, you know, every now and then they may be bringing somebody in who doesn't really know the history of the show or get the vibe of the show or know the characters as well. And then, you know, do you take what they put out there as gospel or do you it's part of the character, but is it? I think a lot of times I try to find a way to explain it, but sometimes I just can't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm listening to this, um, this interesting podcast. I've just started it, uh, by a guy named Tim real. Um, and it's called something like, it's got this really long name. It's like, uh, something like the, f- the fun we have While in the house, I mean, it's basically a show, uh, not a show, but a podcast about entertainment Mm -hmm. and his love of the entertainment industry. And one of the things he talks about is the fact that when you set up uh, a show like this, you usually have the big hitters coming in and like the showrunner, you know, your JJ Abrams, um, they're going to sort of generally set what's happening during the season. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they'll, they'll write something at the beginning, the first, you know, you know, four or five episodes, and they'll write at the end. And then they might be doing a couple of things in the middle. But in between those is sort of an opportunity for, you know, the, uh, the other writers to come in and you know, get their shot at, at writing some episodes and learning and, and stuff like that. But they are not allowed to change the, the specific dynamics between characters.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: they're not allowed to make any major shifts a, kind of along the way. And um, my guess is some of these episodes like Drawing the Line, Part 1 and 2, and things like that were already planned out. Mm-hmm. um by kind of the head people and so you know they could be written um but it's something that I'm going to watch out for as I look at these different shows that I'm watching now where it's like you start really well you end really well you might have a couple things in the middle but generally in the middle things can um either get a little boring because stuff isn't happening or um like relationships aren't changing because the love writers that are working on those aren't allowed to make shifts.
0: And I think that uh, television is changing a little bit too, in terms of episode count. And I think that does impact some of these, um, the story structure. You know, I think that, like you said, um, when they, when they break story, when a writer's room breaks story, they probably start with these major tentpoles of things they know they need to happen in the season. They probably have like, we're going to start here. We want to end here. Here are a couple major things we want to happen in the middle. And then they probably start breaking episode by episode and saying, all right, how do we connect the dots here? How do we get from one place to the next? And so I think there's probably multiple levels. And then you'll start actually working on the writing of the, the specific episodes and they'll task people with that. And when you've got a season that's 22 episodes long, you know, when we look back further in time in the television landscape, this was the norm. Seeing seeing seasons of shows that were running 20 plus episodes, that's a lot of story to tell. It's a lot of probably filler episodes that are doing exactly what you said. Them saying, okay, we need a spec script to just fill the gaps, but not necessarily change the structure of which characters are with whom. Uh, I think that often happens with like holiday episodes. Um, you, yeah. you, you can even spot, I really do think Love and Marriage was like that in this one. It's an example of an episode that kind of spins wheels a little bit, gives you some new information, but doesn't massively change anything. Um, yeah. And then you look at some of the this TV that's coming out now, and you'll see shows that are eight episodes, 10 episodes. 13 episodes. I so you had gotten me into a show The 100 and their episodes were either their seasons were either 13 or 16 episodes and I heard um the showrunner talk about there's a really big difference between 13 and 16. 13 mm-hmm. feels like exactly the sweet spot to him and 16 it's like, there's going to be an episode or two in there where you feel like even as a writer, you're spinning a little to get there. And I thought that was really interesting. I don't know if every writer would say that same number, but you look at some of these shows that have 10 episodes and it's like, oh, you can't remove any episode from this and have the story make sense. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the fir- the, the higher your episode count gets, it changes. So Felicity was airing at a time when this was the norm, this, this episode count. And that's a lot of story to write. It's a lot for the actors to do. And it also, you know, these shows that have eight episodes, 10 episodes, sometimes you are able to get one writer who's the writing credit through the whole series. You couldn't do that here. It's just mm-hmm. not possible.
1: Nope. And you do, you have to go to a writer's rooms. So there's going to be multiple, you know, input and and that's one of the reasons that I I guess I was so disappointed in the force was because it was was at the end it was J.J. Abrams and maybe I should have seen that coming but I don't know I didn't
0: maybe it was the future J.J. Abrams coming out in that one yeah. You know, it was like his chance to do, he, you know, he probably wasn't that interested in the story he was creating with Felicity <laughs> because we're going to see him as a guy who dips far more into sci-fi and Star Wars. And like, you know, mm-hmm. there's, th- these are worlds that he gets much further into after the show ends. The very next show we did was Alias, you know, it was like, okay, well, what if we took Felicity, but we like made her a spy with cool gadgets. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be interesting so he was already at this point like i'm not sure i want to see a lot of this (laughs) um but those of us who loved the deep character relationships and and you know building plot like this we we loved it but he was going to start veering in a new direction very soon yeah um But before we get to your, so, you know, that was kind of setting us up for your predictions. But before we do that, I just wanted to remind everybody, if you want to get us feedback, how do you do that? Well, let me tell you how you do that. So you can email us at themelissafish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L, two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. We're going to have a little break coming up that we'll remind you about in a minute. So this is a good time to get your feedback in and share your thoughts with us so that we can talk about that more in season two and three and four. Uh, if you want to find us on Instagram, there's so many cool people hanging out at Felicity podcast with us. So that is a fun place to be. And when we, you know, we are going to take a couple of weeks off here, but when we get back into it, if you want to know when we drop that next episode, You can, wherever you're listening to this show, check the show notes, sign up for our newsletter, and we make sure to tell people when that episode is, the next episode drops each time it does. So that is how you can get us more feedback or continue to connect with us. But knowing that we have season two coming up, I am very curious where you think this show is headed, Fish. They left us on a cliffhanger. They've left a lot of things messy. And what are your predictions for season two or beyond?
1: Uh, I think these are all kind of predictions for just season two. Perfect. Um, so I have 10 predictions and I know that you can neither confirm nor deny any of them. I uh-huh. will so <laughs> just let you know what they are and you can have meaningful silences slash laughing at me with uh those who know what's happening
0: yeah i'll probably say oh and wow a lot
1: (laughs) okay so my first prediction is at the start of the next school year nothing will be resolved between ben and noel and felicity and maybe it's just me but i feel like a lot of shows do this so i have a feeling that Felicity will go on the road trip with Ben, but then one of the two of them will fuck it up and they won't be together when school starts. And then Noel's going to come back like just as thirsty as ever and boom, triangle again. So don't know, but I feel like she, like her choice is not really going to matter. Um and, uh-huh. okay. <laughs>
0: See how many different sounds I
1: can make. (laughs) All right. So, my second prediction is that Elena will KO McGrath. So she's going to get hurt. McGrath's going to get fired, and then Elena is going to punch him in the face. That may be more of a a, like a desire (laughs) than Mm -hmm. a prediction, but yeah. That's that's my second prediction.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> um three. Richard and Noel will end up roommates. Just really want to see that happen. Um I'm, you know, I mean, I understand Richard's going to become more of a character, you know, more integrated in the plot. I'm like, how does that happen? Well, they could end up roommates, and then we like keep him in there. Um hmm. <laughs> All right. Fourth prediction: <laughs> Julie gets cancer, but uses the power of magic, the uh, power of music, to get through it. Oh my god! Because Julie just gets all the crap. You know, she she just bad things seem to happen to this girl. So I'm like, yeah. what's worse than being raped? I mean, mm, but all right, now she's going to get cancer and, um, but, but she won't die and everyone will rally around her. And that's how she continues to be friends with everyone.
0: You are relentless.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They're just predictions and you have to remember I'm the cynic here. So Um well, I mean to
0: be fair, they give her heavy storylines yeah, all the time. Right? So, here we go.
1: I'm like they got to keep raising the stakes on her. I can't even imagine what I'm going to predict for season 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. Um okay. Uh, Fel- uh so prediction 5. Felicity continues not to choose between art and medicine, and this is going to really stress her out, and Elena is not going to help.
2: Okay.
1: So that is my fifth. Um, six, at some point, Felicity and Ben will start to date, but they will break up before the season finale and Javier will treat it as his own personal soap opera. Uh That is my, my feeling. Um, especially since you dropped something about her having another sexual experience, um, in the second season. So, Uh uh, so prediction seven. Sean will hook an investor for one of his ideas, but it will flop Poor Sean. Okay. Um, so that's my Sean prediction. Uh, prediction eight, Megan is a better RA than Felicity. I think Felicity is going to give freshmen a lot of bad advice, often passed on from Noel. Like she's just going to continue the cycle.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and prediction nine is related. Uh, As an RA, I am predicting that at some point, Felicity is going to have to deal with a love triangle among her freshman group that is similar to like her and Ben and Noel. And yeah, just because I feel like a show like this would do that. And it'll be a moment for her to reflect, but ultimately she will learn nothing from it. Okay. (laughs) And my final prediction Is that we will continue to be adorable.
0: Oh, I mean, that's a guarantee. Um, Goodness. Well, I will, I can't say a thing about the first nine, but I know for sure 10 will happen. (laughs) You know, you're going to get some, some redemption. You're going to get some disappointment. I don't know. Disappointments. You're going to, you're going to get some fulfillment and some not fulfillment of your wishes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, these aren't all wishes, but they are. What you the think
0: pictures. may happen. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, folks, if you know the show really well, that was fun. Just to see what, <laughs> what we think, like, where is this going? Um, it's always, in- yeah, it's always interesting to hear what you think is coming up in like the next episode for me, because sometimes it's like, yeah, they're going to give you exactly that. Um, in fact, I think that happened more times than not.
1: So yeah, in this first season, a lot of the time, even mid-episode, I'd be like, punch him, punch him. That was great. And punch him. And I'd be super excited.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm just sitting there knowing, oh, you're about to get what you want. And three,
1: two, one.
0: Uh yeah. So there's that. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing where we go in season two. We made it, fish. Season we one. Did. We did it. We made it together, all of us. So happy. Yeah. This I'm is, happy. this is exciting. I also think it's worth saying just a reminder, you know, we sat down way back when and we thought, oh, let's do this podcast. How long do you think it will be? And I remember our early emails, we were like 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was pushing for like half an hour.
0: Uh, <laughs> look, <laughs> we're a long form podcast folks. The longer form, the better as far as, as we seem to be concerned. So that's that. And will we ever get to 45 minutes to an hour? Seems really unlikely. As we've gotten more comfortable, we just have let it rip for longer and longer each time. So, you know, but this has been a fun journey. I think, uh, you know, as a general note, I, I certainly love this show and I've seen this show many, many times before and it's meant a lot to me. And I couldn't really have imagined how much deeper we would go with this. But you're constantly saying things about the show that bring new information to me. It has been wildly fun to hear from other people about it and to get different takes. And to I think one of the things I have really noticed about this show is that it really does seem like because this is a show. Yeah, there, there may have been forums that were out there when the show was on air it's um or it's an, in its original broadcast I think this is a show that it was around before there was social media it was around and it wasn't part of any sort of a convention scene the show ran for four seasons and then the actors all went off and did amazing other things and so the I found that the people who really enjoyed this show are people who like had the dvds or some way of watching it and they've just been doing re-watches on their own or in a you know with one other person for years. And it's amazing how deep each person's thought goes with it. So we're finding so many cool people who have a lot to say about the show. The show means a lot to them. And we've all just been sort of quietly looking for a place to, to appreciate it and to have a forum like this is fun because we, we want to celebrate everybody's thoughts about the show.
1: Yes. I I do want to put out there that, While I am, as just my general personality, cynical, um, it doesn't mean I don't love the show. I do love the show. And even if I give it a rating of two, that doesn't mean I hated the episode. I mean, my view of of the way I rate things is, like, if it's a zero, I'm kind of a 50-50, like, on whether I even want to watch it. Like, if it was a negative number, then it would mean, like, I actively don't want to watch this. As long as we're in the positive numbers, this is something I want to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. So even a two is like, okay, so it's not the best episode, but it's still better than not watching Felicity. Mm -hmm. So, like, I I absolutely love the show and I've loved the journey that we're going on, you know, learning from people, even though, you know, I have to be warned off for stuff (laughs) that would, uh, that would create spoilers. Um, but like hearing from everyone, hearing how much they loved it, know that I also love it. Um, and I like bringing out those little, you know, maybe inconsistencies or points or, you know, whatever I find because I find them funny. And, uh, and I've heard from some of you guys that you find it funny too. So, um, you know, we're—I uh, think Melissa and I really fit well together. As yeah,
0: a... we're just picking up speed. I—I I, I think it's so funny that the when we talk about these episodes, as much as Fish and I know about each other, I've learned a lot of stuff about you, Fish, just by like having source material to talk through, and then it just brings up new stories or perspectives. I mean, we've consistently disagreed on almost everything, but how we disagree is always interesting to me. <laughs>
1: And why we disagree. And I feel the same way about you. Like sometimes we'll have, you know, continue to have calls. And I'm like, I didn't know that about you. Um, and so it's, it's been really great. So not only are we appreciating a wonderful piece of art here in Felicity, we are also getting to know each other as friends even better. And
0: all of you. Yeah. So here's what we wanted to say at the end. We are taking two weeks off. We were, you know what? Hey, we're we're picking up speed. We're really excited about the show and we put a lot of work into it every week. We're talking now close to three and four hours in our podcast.
1: Well, and that's Um, just the recording time. It's just
0: the recording time. There's (laughs) stuff that happens on the back end. Fish is doing an amazing job with the sound editing. I'm putting together graphics and Instagram posts. We're spending time talking with all of you. So we are just going to take a couple weeks off just to just to refresh, catch our breath, and then head back into season two with as much enthusiasm as possible, uh, which is going to be a lot. (laughs) And, uh, but we know two weeks might be a disappointing break for some of you, perhaps if I do say so myself, I don't know if it is, we thought it would be a fun time to issue a challenge. And so We've never asked or even thought to ask for reviews, which might have been a great failing of our <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, it happened. It's okay though, because here's what I'm thinking. Look. The people who are listening to this podcast, I have found by and large are people who love this show, who are deep Felicity fans and who are looking for places to find content that's meaty and really like getting in depth about Felicity. So here's our challenge to you. If you are so moved, we encourage you wherever you listen to this podcast to write a review and in one of three styles, either number one, in the style of the show Felicity, however you interpret that. Two, write a review in the style of your favorite character, maybe like the type of dialogue they get or, you know, however they sound to you on the show. Or... Number three, write a review, mentioning your favorite Felicity moments or quotes. Just like load it with inside jokes from the show Felicity. We want to signal to other people who like this show that this is a safe place if you're a Felicity nerd like we all are. So that is the challenge. We know there's a ton of creative, fun people who are in the Felicity community. So we thought it would be fun if like, yeah, not just like have a review that's like, oh, it's fun but just to like bring the show Felicity into it for you.
1: And, and be able to attract those other people um, as well who, who we'd also love to hear from. So, you know, just growing the community and, and hearing what everybody has to say. So um, I don't know, I think it sounds like a fun challenge and, and I credit uh, Melissa for its, its creation.
0: Yeah, well, you know, two weeks is, I think, a good amount of time to just sit with it and be like, oh, who's my favorite character? How do they talk? And, you know, yeah. like, what, what, but I don't want to, I don't want to throw anything out there. Like, I don't want to lead any of you into ideas. So, if you have some favorites about the show, this is your chance to express them. Uh, as much as we try to express your thoughts when you share feedback and we share it on the podcast, this is another way to do it as well. So,
1: yeah, and we get some analytics um, about the podcast. So we see, you know, there's a variety of different um, places since we've put the podcast, I don't know, everywhere. Um, so yeah, be, like literally
0: there's not a stone yeah, unturned.
1: We, we really did try. Um, <laughs> we've got, uh, you know, iTunes and uh, Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio and Podcast Addict. I think those are the on Spotify I think those are the major ones although we always have this huge area that just says unknown so meh unknown um so and so I think any of those places would be great um another thing that we always find fun uh, about looking at the analytics is seeing where people are located Mm. um we have quite a large group of people from Australia. So we just wanted to shout that out. It seems like uh, Australia has a lot of Felicity fans, and I think that's amazing. Um, And so does Canada. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely have a lot of fans there. And then we've just, we've kind of got, we've got a few in Mexico, and then we've just sort of got these little, these little, groups kind of all around we have some for israel and sri lanka and i mean we've been middling the charts in in malaysia for some reason (laughs) um (laughs) actually getting on charts
0: it's so cool yeah yeah so we're we're enjoying that and i have to say i'm very curious especially I, we, we love to hear from everybody, but if you're from another country and you didn't have the same university system structure, or, you know, this is very American college four years sort of structure. It makes a lot of sense to me. This is the experience I lived, but if you had a if you're from, if you went to college somewhere else and it wasn't quite like this, what was the same or different about your experience? What resonates with you about the show? I would be interested to hear that. Cause I, you know, I'm so interested in culture. Um, and there must be something fairly universal about this show. If, if people are, are listening from that variety of places. So I'd love to know more about that.
1: Yeah. And, um, I I think the only, well, maybe the only person who's written in, um, Galinsky underscore, I think is from Ukraine,
2: Mm uh,
1: and has, has a huge depth of knowledge of, of Felicity so um yeah people from from all over seem to really love the show
0: yeah that's
1: so we're enjoying
0: thing. it and that's the uh I mean that's everything we wanted to cover today I think we true to form we set rules for ourselves we broke them as hard and fast as we could um mm-hmm. we we blew past all of the quantities we set for each other <laughs> and yeah the, it, you know that's part of the course with us
1: yep but it's if-
0: there anything else you wanted agree. to bring up about season one
1: I don't think so I think we've we've done a job of it and I'm just going to be excited to see how many of my predictions were total crap and uh which ones might actually come through yeah
0: I mean look I, is there more to say about season one I don't know we sure try we've got what like, probably if you sat <laughs> down and listened to all of our podcasts end to end it's probably like closing it on three days worth of podcasts yeah so (laughs) we we did our best to cover this as thoroughly as we could
1: and you know (laughs) i we're now gonna go on a two-week break where i will just have to wait to find out what happens it's
0: gonna be a true cliffhanger for you
1: yeah we're just you know it's uh i mean i can come up with all kinds of things in two weeks Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know it's gonna end
0: so yeah i guess that's everything Until next time, Fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.